All right, punters and dribblers, welcome back to All Talk. Back for another week. Another yarn. This man is a former rugby league player of some note. Played for the Parramatta Eels and the Manly Seagulls and the NRL. Went over and played, I think, for Wakefield Trinity and Catalan's Dragons in the Super League. Upon retirement, came back to Australia and has kicked off a burgeoning career in the media, new media, much like us, in the podcast game, part of the YKTR team and YKTR Sports. He has a the YKTR Sports show with him and Willie Mason talking all things rugby league during the season. He is uh, one of the great humans of all time, uh, a friend of ours and a dribbler of note. The one and only Justin Horro, The Scope. You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. It's funny because like, like Joe Rogan, he's, he interviewed Rick Rubin, the producer. The other oh, day, yeah. And, and he brought up like the Will Smith thing. And he's just like, he is that guy now. Like, Who brought he, it up? Rick did or Joe? Joe was talking about, about Will Smith, how he hit fucking Chris Rock at the Oscars. And he's like, he would be that guy forevermore. Like, he won't recover from that. Yeah, I don't think he will either. It's, I wonder though, right? Like, you think about what, like, Mel Gibson did when he, like, said some anti-Semitic shit. Block your ears, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and which was obviously awful. But then, before you know it, he's back, like, directing movies and shit. Like, yeah, but he hasn't hit, been yeah. proper, properly back. Like, he's not, he hasn't been embraced, has he? Has he been embraced? Oh, I think he's back. He's not back, back. Mel. The thing about the thing about the Chris Rock, I mean, the, about the Will Smith one, was like it was filmed on television at the Oscars in front of millions. I think I messaged you and for some reason. And then got a standing ovation go, afterwards. You just, we were at Ikea. Yeah, you did too. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, have you <laughs> seen what Will's... Like, Why did you message I, 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 must, I must have posted it. Oh, did my, no, no. Why did you message me? <laughs> <laughs> No. We're gonna like, I'm going to refer to Scope. Yeah. Yeah, dude, fuck. Scope's going to be furious yeah. about this. When it comes to Will Smith and Chris Rock, there's only one <laughs> there's man, only one man I want to hear from right now. I want to know what yeah, Scope thinks about this. That's so random. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that was about. Anyway, it was worth it. You needed to know. Yeah. But that was public. That's like Did you post and maybe I commented on the post? Is that I what mean, it was? Mate, no, because be I remember going, bro, have you just seen what Will Smith did? And you're like, <laughs> yeah, nah. you did. <laughs> and I'm like, check it out. It's just <laughs> here, fucking Chris Rock. Oh, I need to check the DMs. Yeah, we're going to have to go deep in that and see what the hell was going on. I don't know. Anyway. Thanks for oh, coming well, on, man. Take it as a compliment. Sweet. Thanks for having me, boys. It's always good to be back here. It's always good to have you here. Um, it was funny because we were talking about getting you on. And it was like, well, we spent a lot of time together in the sort of the podcasty, you know, whether it's a live stream or whatever, but we've never, we're just always like shooting the shit about something that's going on, but never really heard about, we, you know, your past, your history, where you come from. Well, you'd had us on. Yeah. We've done live streams together. This is sort of the final. The final piece yeah. of the puzzle. The final piece of the puzzle, yeah. I suppose you could say. To be fair, I did get you guys to ask, ask me about myself too on my own podcast. So that was a bit. Yeah, look, well, I mean, I at some point, myself, as a former Manly player, if we're on your podcast, we will eventually start asking you questions. Yeah. Try and take the reins a little bit. But it's nice to come full circle. Full circle this is good. Where'd you grow up? You um, like you're a kid. You born in Auckland. Born in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, and Dad moved over and played for Parramatta. Uh, so we actually, we, originally we moved from um, Auckland to England. He played at Salford for a couple of years in the UK, Super mm. League. And then we, uh, when I was three, we moved back to Australia. And we, I grew up in like Western Sydney, out St. Clair Way, near Penrith. So you've had like a full footy life. like Footy's, every, yeah, footy's you know? been everything. Yeah, my mum has been around footy for 
nearly 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. How old were you when you moved to Western Sydney? Uh, Three. So three, we come straight for like, I don't think. Do you remember living in the UK? No. Is that where you went? So UK. Too young, too young UK. Um, Earliest memories, probably around like five or six, going to the footy with dad at Parramatta. Uh, He played his first three years at Parramatta, three or four years at Parramatta maybe. And then he played for the Magpies and then we went back for the Warriors. So by the time he went and played for the Warriors, I was like 10 and 11. And um, really started appreciating it then, like, what I was in. Mm. But I grew up around footy, so, like, I sort of took it for granted. Like, I'd be around mates and when they would – like, if Dad would have, um, like, footy teammates around or would go train or play touch with some of his mates, I just thought it was normal. So, mm. um, you know, all throughout my footy career, it's been like that. But as you get older, you appreciate it more for sure. In the sheds and stuff after yeah. games, you yeah, know. Yeah, training used to muck around with, uh, like, the – because I was that kid, um, like the, pretty much the oldest kid. By the time I got to the Warriors, like a few of the younger players um, used to take the mickey out of me or, or like I'd go to training. And um, Do you remember a guy, you, do you remember a guy called Joe uh, Vagana? Yeah. Do you know Nigel Vagana? The one oh, yeah, I know Nigel Vagana. He was the Grouse Centre. He had a younger brother, Joe, and like he would hang me up on the, the chins bar at training or something like <laughs> yeah, until I couldn't get, I'd have to fall, I'd start crying and <laughs> stuff like that. But I'd be around the gym heaps with dad yeah. in um, like the uh, school holidays and whatnot. But uh, yeah, so like I just grew up around footy my whole life and it served me well as like as I got a little bit older because, you know, I think as you take steps and, and you start playing footy, some guys get a little bit like starstruck or, you know, deer in the headlights yeah. when it gets to, like, going through the grades. But because I had dad, I was always around first graders. Mm. So I, th- I think it, like, you know, really helped me out as I got older. How, um, when did dad play for Parramatta? 90, he just missed the golden era. So just he was, he, yeah, he was on, uh, just like me as well, missed the golden <laughs> era at Manly. Um, but, yeah, he just missed, uh, like, at the back end of, like, Peter Sterling, Brett Kenny, Peter Wynn and all those all those guys were a little bit older by the time he got to Para. They had some rough years, and uh, it continued all the way up until me playing. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then so he had spent the four years '94. He had a year. I don't know if he had a year or two. Maybe a year with Tommy Rodonicus at West, which mm. he loved. Um, and then he was in the second season of the inclusion of the Warriors. So that was pretty special too. Obviously being a Kiwi, mm-hmm. and then um, and being a part of that, I think he's. Um, yeah, number 25 or number 26 New Zealand Warrior of all time. What Heck position was it, your old man? Lock. He's Lock. O- yeah, yeah. He was the opposite of me. Hard Would worker, toiler. Is toilet. he better than you? Yeah, yeah. Well, you so, so we've got this Yeah, who's, thing. who's like, who's the man? <clears throat> we, yeah, we got this thing before. It's like, he played for the Kiwis, right? So, um, I think he would have played about 15, 16 tests, couple okay. of World Cups. Okay. Locked it down with Joey in a scrum. Like, he loves bringing yeah, that one up. Okay. <laughs> Me and Joey in the World Cup in, in 95 or whatever it is. Uh, he was playing hooker at the time because they had a few injuries. Um, but he never played finals footy. So, so that's right. where I so got that's where you get I got finals. I got the GF. Uh, so, it's yeah, we, it's, it's pretty funny. Like, me and my dad both played exactly 120 games each. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, and we both debuted against the Tigers. So, it's pretty, it was it's pretty funny. Uh, actually, yeah, like that, and for Parramatta. So, yeah. Who's yeah. his team? His team, I reckon it's 50-50 Parra and Warriors. Mm. Yeah, because he always wants the Warriors to go well because he's a Kiwi, obviously. Um, and, like, we were always, despite, like, growing up here, like, real proud Kiwi house. So, like, when it come to 
like state of origin for us. It wasn't like enjoyed it. We loved it, but um, it was more. It was more like. We love watching the Kiwis fucking do the hacker and all that. Sort I'm of surprised stuff. you didn't play for the Kiwis. And I mean, when you look at the Kiwis <clears throat> historically, like you'll see, this is almost going to sound like I'm hanging shit on you, but like, <laughs> was there someone particularly hectic that was keeping you out of the side? Yeah, really good players. Um, the closest I come in 13, we went to the GF. That's what a- I mean, right? You're playing in like one of the fucking best teams in the country. Yeah, but like. The one that I didn't make, so you had like um, Sonny, Sonny Bill. Wow, okay. Uh, he goes all right. Yeah, he's all um, right. Sure. Kevy Proctor was killing it at Melbourne yeah. during that period. Yeah. Uh, Tohu Harris just hit the scene at Melbourne. Mm. He was there. Simon Mannering, one of the best Warriors yeah, of all time. Right, okay. So we've always been pretty stacked in yeah, the back row. Cutler boys. Yeah, yeah. And there's probably more that I'm even forgetting, like Frankie Pritchard. Yeah, there's some guns that have played back row. So. I got the call from Steve Kearney, which was pretty cool too, considering like I fell out of favour with Steve Kearney at Parramatta. And, um, and then he was coaching the Kiwis and he gave me a call and said, look, you're, you're in consideration. Um, enjoy the week, the GF. Um, if, if you weren't playing the GF, you would have been part of the squad and then he's going to... Um, cut you afterwards. Cut, yeah, cut me <laughs> after again. Yeah. Just bring me up to cut yeah, me just again. Just cut you again. But no, um, opportunity. Yeah, Look, nah, listen, nah, mate, we're bringing cool. you in to cut you. Yeah. We are bringing you in. It was cool because he played with my old men as well. So um, that was, again, like a full circle thing. How do you me. fall out of favour with a coach or with um, him? Like, what is it like behavioural shit? No, or oh, it? yeah. Oh, no, I th- it was more to do with footy. Right. Like, we, we weren't a great team at Parramatta there for those couple of years that I was there. You remember they come because, like, ex- expectations were high. They, 09, they, um, they were playing in the grand final against the Storm. 2010. Were you part bit, of that? Were you part of 09? Nah, no, I debuted in 2010. Right. Um, and expectations were high for us in 2010, and we sort of just, like, just missed the eight. Ando got sucked, and they brought Steve Kearney in. Mm-hmm. And at that point, like, Steve Kearney was – the assistant coach that everyone wanted, yeah. you know, like like was, a like a Serrata. He was the Serrata of the time because he was killing at the Storm under Belly, Bellamy for like four or five years. So when Steve Kearney come in, um, there was high expectations again. We had a squad that you know a lot of people believed, you know, were a game off winning the GF in, in yeah. 09. So it didn't it didn't pan out that way um, for a number of reasons, but like purely, I don't know, like. Probably didn't. I'm a bit sarcastic. Like my, I'm not. I'm not everyone's cup of tea when it comes to footy and that as well. So I understand that. But um, I think predominantly it was footy. But it was cool for him to give me the call in 13 anyway, and then go, look, you're in contention. And that was the closest I ever got. How do you know when a coach is off you? Like, it's easy. Do they start? <laughs> do they start brushing you? Like, yeah. Like you just. Um, like will you get like a, you won't get a you won't get a hello and shit. Like yeah, what, so, is, what does it get to? So. Early, the most, the most, um, the, the earliest signs are when you, when you're flowing in with the, the start in 13 to 17 at training, and and there's a clear cut like in the preseason there might be a period where there's like a filling out period where everyone's available. Like in the first two or three weeks, doesn't matter if you played, oh, I suppose actually to it like with the the older guys they're pretty much set. But guys are one game to a hundred. You pretty much know you're a chance to. Where you feel like you're a chance to make the team. Mm. After a while, you realise who the 13 are, 17, and then if if you if you're down the bottom, then the team changes around. But if you stay at the top, like a, like we were at Manly, you you know who the one to 17 is every week. Yeah. Um, you find out at training when you're at Parramatta because then I'm like not getting subbed in. Um, 
And, the, and and it can get the, the it gets really harsh when they start like you're not even a part of video, so like <laughs> oh, you start fuck. preparing for games, right? So there might be what they do is they'll have the one to seventeen and they'll have like five guys that are thereabouts, and it might be like cover for an outside back, cover for a half, cover for a back row, and then you go from like a starting guy like I knew the writing was on the wall. 2012 started, um, 2012 got dropped after the first game. And then after like round three, I wasn't even part of the five that was watching video. You know? so, yeah, right. <laughs> so that's when you find out like, all right, I'm going to have to start looking around here. <laughs> how, do you, how do you know when you're not like, do you have to get invited to the video sessions or do you turn up at the, uh, you know, turn yeah, up and they go, mate, you're not needed today? No, nah, no, nah, like, so <laughs> they try to, they try to do it the best way possible. Like they'll be, just be like, um, he, he might name the squad on, on, on a Tuesday. And this is just not, um, Steve Kearney, I think this is pretty generic. Like this would, this would be most teams as you as you go around, and he'll go like, all right, give one to seventeen. This is one to seventeen for this week. That would have been named the list, and he goes, um, Eddie, Tom, Scope, you stay behind. All the other boys, you can go out with Donny Singe, or yeah, just say if that's the trainer that yeah. you, you recognise. Donny, take the rest of the boys, get them started. They can get into like. So it's like there's like six or seven dudes, man. <laughs> and you're just like training with Donnie, and Donnie knows. Or at the time it was Craig Catterick, and he's just like everyone knows you're on the outer when yeah, you're in yeah. those groups. Everyone is it that all six of you are. Or out there you're really young around. and you're enthusiastic, right? You so those are the there. guys that like. So there's 20 to 21 year olds, and they don't care because they're like might not have played first grade. But if you're like at my point, I was 25, 26, so I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm back with the rooks again. Yeah, you know? like this isn't a good sign. Do you feel like in that moment you need to? <clears throat> to put on a brave face, like yeah, you, know, you have to. You, all, all attitude, you want to like take it on the chin, so to speak. Yeah, you have to. But like, because I was like that my whole career, you know, you, it really steals you. Like, you get used to it. But also, you don't want to be a shit teammate as well. Yeah, you, know, you got to take that in consideration. So, um, you know, you kick stones. All the guys come out like good mates of yours. Like, know what's going on. They feel for you, but they've got a job to do. They've got to play on the weekend. Yeah, they're not like. When you're in that situation, you think that everyone's like, fuck, skate must be. But really, like, when I was part of the 17, you go, oh, fuck, that's pretty shit. Like, Eddie's not part of the team. Mm. But, all right. It is what it and is. And then you forget about it straight away. But when you're that guy, you just think everyone's thinking about it the whole time you're at training. <laughs> and you drop every ball. <laughs> you miss every tackle. Yeah, yeah. Just Your confidence is fucking completely sh like, shot. shot. So... Does there, are there are we allowed to swear on this as well? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Is there anyone that kicks stones? Like, are there the teammates where you're like, oh, this is a <clears> fucking... Yeah, the, yeah, there are guys, yeah. There what are. about this? Like, not asking you to make a comment either way unless you want to, and maybe you have, but if your teammates with Ryan Madison and he chooses to get suspended for three <laughs> weeks instead of paying four grand when he's on 600, are you like, you reckon there are players in that side going, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, for sure. There has to be. Has to be, right? Yeah, like, because at the end of the day, right, it's, we talked about it on our show, you know, I labelled him a lemon for it. Um, and I stand by that too. Yeah. I, I copped a, there's a little bit of backlash coming in the DMs, but and again, it's not like I, th I think it's lemon behaviour. Like yes. I don't really know the guy. I don't know Matto. Yeah, um, I uh, I've never played with him. I haven't spoke to any of his teammates about him. But for me, um, he's an integral part of that team next year. They're losing too many players. Yeah. Uh, for me, if I was a part of that group, I'd be looking at him going like, "What are you doing?" You know. So and his justification is like it's not great, not good. Yeah. He's, what he's, was the justification? He doesn't think you deserve... He was like, I've been suspended for things that didn't matter before and this one's another one. He's like, it was a grand final. He's pushing into me. At some point, I had to do something and like... At what point does the, can the team turn around and go, you're fucking paying the fine? 
Or we'll pay it for you and you're playing. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not too sure, sure how it what used to work. They still advise us, but it, I believe um, you always got the final call on it. So I dare say Brad would have been saying pay the, pay the, <laughs> pay the fucking fine. <laughs> I know Brad a little bit, like, and I know exactly like what I was saying with the changeover they have in next year. They're losing some really key players. Um, and like the schedule isn't out, but I'd imagine, you know, Penrith so, will be pretty close in the first two or three weeks. Yeah. So, um, they usually yeah, like I to just, get a grand final replay out of the way early. Yeah, in the they love yeah, getting yeah, them out early. Yeah, love it. Yeah, so um, did you? It so, is what it is. He's, but do you have players like that generally? Where like so using him as an example, <laughs> but you know, like when someone's not getting picked for the they're left out of yeah, the side. There the are some stones, guys, yeah, where you're yeah. like, oh, for fuck's sake, bro! Like just deal with it. Yeah, it, it, but it, again, a lot of people will go just like, fuck, you're a bit of a lemon, you know, for doing that. But <laughs> yeah. then you just go. Or whatever. Well, we got to do a job, mm. and whoever the, whoever's part of the next seventeen is, you just like it sounds cliche, but honestly, like, what else are you going to do? Yeah, like you can't be like if I was part of that Parramatta team, for instance. Like, I'd sort of like <laughs> I'd probably say something to him if I was at the team. Yeah, so be like, take the piss out of him. Yes, not like fucking. Like, you rib him a bit. Rib, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be taking the Mickey out of him because yeah. that's that's my personality. But um, and then you just get on with it. Is there, in that situation, right, like where someone's kicking stones, will, will, the, will the captain sort of sit back and let the boys chip him as like a bit of a punishment or would they lead it? Nah, a lot of people just, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Or is that uncouth of a captain, you know? Yeah, nah, I think a, a lot of people leave it because um, like, it happens to a lot of players. It's, it's, even, it's even harder when it happens to people at the back end of their career. Like, you know, like guys that have been established for a long time. Mm. So, like I said, I become they really... start to get chirped. I become like, really steel to it because it, like, I was never really rock solid anyway. Mm. It's like I had to fight for my position. I always felt like all the time. So, become more used to it. It's a little bit hard for guys that have been, like, stars at point of their career, played Origin. Yeah. Um, you know, played a, a certain amount of games and then they don't, they don't handle it as well. Because mm. they're then, just used to being the man. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, specific players, but... Been like Andrew Fafita is a sort of a player who was like, you know, fucking he was the best forward in the world. Yeah. And then, you know, towards the end of Cronulla, it's like he's in the side, he's out of the side, and they don't want him. I'm not saying he was kicking stones, mind no, you. No, well, credit to, credit to Andrew he seemed too. Like he because, um, well. like, I know, I know that family a little bit. I played with his twin brother, uh, David, over in the UK. And um, I think it's a credit to, like, Fitzy. I think there are, it's ways you handle it. And by all reports coming out of Cronulla, um, they're pretty open and honest with him yeah. to begin with. Like, I think obviously he wanted to stay, but it's it's like, uh, have you seen the, um, have you seen Moneyball, the movie Moneyball? Yeah, I have. I've Brad seen Pitt. parts of it. Have you seen when Brad Jack tells Hill. Jonah Hill and he just goes, be straight to the point, cut him, don't have to like baby him. NRL players are the same. Like if you get cut or you're not part of the team, like it sucks and you think the world's running down on you, but, or you're not wanted next year. But if they just do it direct, they, you know, straight up with you. Mm. And then that way, for instance, like when obviously when I left um, Parramatta, it was a blessing in disguise. I ended up going to Manly, like really good situation. Like to his, I was lucky enough with um, with Sticky. It was like, it was cut like, you, you know, he was coming in. Ricky Were you Stewart. part of the one where Sticky cut like 50 people? See, I wasn't a part of that. I was the great I was cull. The, one, the great cull. I was the one so before the great cull. You were one, you were... Part of you were before the goal. I was I, I was before the coal. I was the one that got cut before before anyone else. And I like I said, I appreciate that because um 
one, like, Sticky didn't even need to, like, see me at training to know that he didn't want me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, like, again, like, you just, you become, like, you become, um, like, steely towards those sorts of things. But, yeah, Sticky, I I feel bad for those guys because I had a lot of good mates that were part of that group, like... Some really good players like Rennie. I think Rennie yeah, was a part of that. Right. And um, then he, and then Sticky just bounced. Yeah, was that and then Benny he, Smith? Benny Smith was a ben guy. Ben Smith was a young. He was a really underrated player, a really um, respected person at Parramatta, and like, like I said, you know, I was lucky enough to have it done away from everyone else. But I was, I was happy that it was done away from everyone else because, and this is there's like maybe thirteen or fourteen. There's like. At least three or four guys that deserve better on that group. Mm. Like they deserve to be sat down in a meeting, like face to face, and go, "Look, you're not going to be part of the plans." Because, like, it, like I said, like it's a part of the game, right? You got to move on. You get sacked, and um, it, but you want it. You want the coach or or manager, CEO, or something to go, "Look, yeah, you can find somewhere else." Because it happens all the time. Yeah. So, how, so did Ricky do it to you in person? Nah, he got the manager. He got my manager to do it. But what's that? I'll, that one's, I don't know, it's the same sort of thing. Like, I just didn't want to be part of that board, you know? <laughs> I was like, great yeah, fours yeah. and a part of the, on that. Because that would have been really embarrassing to be a, be a part of that. But so, I was sitting in a meeting with the entire squad. Wait, and so he just goes, check out that board. No. You're not here. Yeah, that's how it went down. And then, so like, you So got, he goes, if your name's on the board, yeah. beat it. <laughs> you're out. He goes, he, well, it's it's cause got, got to be considered the great greatest cull all time. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it's the that's Hall a, of Fame. That's a fucking hectic cull. <laughs> that's a hectic so sorry, cull. elaborate on the board. That's fifty percent of the squad. Like that's yeah. you got fifteen names up there, and then there's fifteen other guys just going. Fuck, but so heavy. were you culled same year? Like, did you just were you culled pre the great? Are you pre board? I'm pre-board. But same I'm year. the only pre-board too. Dude, what a fucking... The only guy not on the board was he you. He rocked up after a week and the first person he said, he wants gone, Scope, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> that's how... Uh, Did that's, you get to training? No, because uh, he had um, been given the gig and he, I don't know what he was, where he, where he was, or maybe he had a year off. Was he at the Sharks before that? He, he was must have, he must have been having a year off or he's like, was he? No, because he went back to Canberra. But Brad Arthur was the interim coach at the time. So, um, during – yeah, was he? Yeah, it's just, just coaching Origin. There you right. go. Um, so, he, he was, a, like, a free agent. So, um, when they signed him, he just looked at the squad and he goes, he, that's that's that, one person. That, that guy's go gone. Straight away. Make that easy. He's pre-board. Yeah. Like he, he, pre, he knew he had the board in mind and he goes, he doesn't even deserve <laughs> the board. We don't have enough room on the board. <laughs> he, There's 15 you're going to cut one. You're going to cut one. Might as well be – all right, fuck him <laughs> off. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, your manager did it. Yeah, manager, like, uh, yeah, we had the conversation. But it's uh, by the time it gets to the manager, um, it can be pretty positive too because they they've got all the information. Just say that, like, I, I don't know for sure, but I dare say they would have found out a little bit, like maybe a week before I found out. Mm. And then by the time they get to me, and they're like, oh. Look, Sticks is—he's not keen. Um, but you know, Melbourne are keen, Manly are keen. Right. So right. when you have that meeting, you're like, "Fuck!" Oh, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, like, you've got Melbourne and Manly just played news. in the grand final, like, yeah. or you know, last couple of years. So you get some bad news and then just flow straight into the good news, and then so both Melbourne and Manly were interested. Well, <clears throat> the funny story is, um, I thought I was down at Melbourne. So if you you know me a little bit, boys, I carry on. Hmm. Um, so once I got the bad news, you, you know you deal with it. Um, and then I had a meeting with um, Frank Panisi, the 
the footy manager there that's been there for years. And then I had a phone call with Craig Bellamy and uh, it was all but done. Wow. Yeah, so, it was, so I went from uh, the Wooden Spoon team to like obviously going to Melbourne and um, a really strong club. So I went from like down in the dumps and then this got done like the week of Mel- um, Mad Monday. Mm. And um, so I'm at Mad-, Mad Monday telling everyone I'm a part of the big four. <laughs> so, I'm gonna be, so it's going to be Cam Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater and Skip. Like, that's, that's what I was, that was my thing all Mad Monday. I was carrying on a tree. You boys in the wooden spoon. I'm going to Melbourne. Like just, and everyone was like, like, everyone knows, like they know my personality. So I knew I was just taking the piss. Yeah. And then like, and then I'm down in the dumps after a couple of big days and I get a call. And uh, my manager goes, um, "Hey, Manly's keen." And I went, "Wait, what do you mean, Manly's keen? Are we not done? Are we not done at Melbourne?" And he goes, "He goes, oh no, no, Melbourne have uh, they end up signing two other guys? One of my good mates, uh, they signed um, uh, Lungi Setu that used to play for uh, for the Dragons and Junior Moors. So then I go from like getting sticky pre-board, first cut pre-board." <laughs> To saying I'm part of the big four and then Melbourne don't want me. Oh, fuck. Any, the, any indication why? Uh, no, it's just, a, just a money thing. They they got a two for one. So it was it was a contractual thing. Like I Because I was on a good week. It was my final year of my contract at Parra 2. So that played a part of it. Like I was – you always hear about the back-ended contracts. Mm. So um, I don't mind talking about it. I was like uh, – first year was like 140, then I went 160, and then I was on 200 grand for my final year para, mm. And um, – and then Sticks looked, just looked at that and I played five games in 2012 and go, we're not paying him 200, no way. <laughs> mm. So, the, and then it comes down to like trying to figure out middle ground with everyone who's going to take on. Maybe they take on that part of the contract. Mm. Um, and then I think Melbourne were going to take a chunk and then they, did, they just didn't want that chunk anymore. <laughs> and maybe they heard that. Because <laughs> like at the time, you got to remember too, like I, when, when, it, when, it, when you get that call and it's not on, it's like, oh like start thinking like BA and and Steve Kearney were part of like the Melbourne system like fuck I wonder if it got back to them. Uh, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, right. I started thinking that. like that and I'm like, oh no, nah, it can't be Surely it can't not. be that. I was obviously just taking the taking piss. The piss. Um, and then I just went, all right, so the plans are ha- had a meeting with my manager, um, Gavin Orr, and then I said, look, I'm rattled. I said, I'm, I'm <laughs> this last two months. It's been a lot. Oh yeah. And this is like and this is like Mid October, oh, getting to like October, preseason starts in November for most teams. Like I'm just going to Bali, like I'm getting away. Go to unwind, mate. Yeah, well that's the, up. Yeah. that's the rugby that. league. The, the, the league is eat pray love. Yeah, that but is. Send me to yeah. Bali for fucking. I need to go and cleanse my soul by <laughs> filling it right up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was the plan, and then we ran into Brad Arthur. Uh, who just got the gig in Bali? Because, yeah, because um, fuck yeah. Well, actually, me and Brad Arthur were the the two pre boards, right? So Brad Arthur ended up going to. He got um, given the ass. Yeah, well, it, Sticky. I don't know if he wanted to stay. Actually, um, I don't know how that worked, but mm. um, Sticky brought in his own stuff. So obviously, Brad Arthur was out of a job, so he went to Manly, and he goes, "Look, um, I've just linked up with Manly. If you uh, if you want, I can put in a good word for you." I was like, oh, "Fuck, please," you know, like. Otherwise, I'm going to the Super League in a little bit earlier than what I wanted. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he put in a good word for me and had a chat to twos when I got back. Um, and they said, look, yeah, nothing promised. Like, they didn't take any – like, there's basically – I just got out of para and I said, look, I want a clean slate because I could have stayed at para and just played Reggie's and got that 200. Mm. But I just went, nah, fuck, like, get rid of it. 
I don't want the money. I just want to play footy. Yeah. So I just went and had a had a gamble at Manly, but I was, it was a. Is that a stressful decision to make? Like, I guess <clears throat> you know, like any kid who then makes it like playing footy. Like, you don't come from fucking some high paying job when you come into footy. Mm. But then you do reach a point of like financial security, and then just going like, you know what? I'm actually just gonna fuck that off. Like, yeah. Is that stressful, or are you kind of like? Is it an is it an element of easy come easy go? Nah, super stressful because I was a late bloomer as well. So I didn't debut until twenty three. Right. So like, um, I don't know if people watching like that's like that money that I wasn't on wasn't great money, but it was good money for me mm. being a. It's good money though. Like a journey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just but even out, out in the world, it's out good in the money. world, out in the world, it's good money. money. Yeah. So, and I and like obviously I'm aware of everything that comes with it, but I took an educated like gamble. Like, mm. like I'm going to Manly. They're a really good team. They won the Comp a couple of years ago. Rexy, Tony Williams was going to Bulldogs. There was an opportunity there. It was supposed to be Jimmy Bureau's. And then um, um, what happened? Oh, yeah, and then Glenn Stewart got it. Anyway, so I ended up like going to Manly, banking on myself, and it worked out. Like yeah. I was on very like – I was on 50 grand and a couple of matches. Like Shit. Yeah. But banked on myself and pretty much played every game. So I got back to like nearly earning what I could have got. But How um, it worked out better signing after that. Yes. How's your confidence, though, given that you were pre-board, given you'd only played five games the year before? Like, are you – where are you drawing the confidence from to make that call, you know? To go on, you know um, what, fuck it, like, I am good enough. Yeah, just, when, just when gambling on people yourself. people like Ricky – Bit of a punter, are you? Yeah, just – you know I love the pump boys. <laughs> you just had the companion on the weekend. Yeah. But basically, I knew, like – yeah, just weigh up a few things, like – I knew I was better than what I was playing at the back end of uh, Parramatta. I worked hard to get to where I was. And then the first couple of years were good. And then, like, a lot of people, you know, in around, like, it was like, oh, he's got potential, but you don't know if it's there. But some people just take a little bit longer. Um, And I just gambled on myself. Like, I knew, like, sort of good system, like, teams, like, being there and done it. So if if I can just crack this team... um, it would set me up well for, like, you know, in my head, I'm just thinking, because they're all established, I sort of went in with, like, all right, I'm just going to do a good year here at Manly and then see what presents itself after. Mm. That was the plan to begin with. Mm. And I expected to uh, – there's no way I expected to be part of the first 13 on, on round one, which I got. I was hoping to fight my way into the team. But like I was saying before, I was so lucky. Glenn Stewart had hurt his knee at the back end of 2012. So, therefore – uh, Jimmy Bureau did all the preseason on the right side, and then I got all the left side. So, um, got the whole preseason with Kieran Foran and Stevie Mudai and George Defoe, and um, love that. It doesn't matter who it is; it's very hard to lose that spot. That's a horny. That's a horny left. You're side flowing of the field. like that's it was really flowing. Nice. I was just, a horny left. All I was doing was punching holes off Kieran in uh, in preseason at training. Uh, just everything was simplified. Mm. Uh, Is there also like an element where like Craig Bellamy, even though he decided to change his mind, was still wanting you? That was, no, it was cool. That's a fucking confidence boost almost as well. Even if Sticky's pre-boarded you. Yeah. Like you're going, well, Craig's, Craig for a second wanted me. Yeah. Yeah. No, the 100%. I took a lot of confidence out of it as well. That the fact that, um, and this is generally what happens. It still happens now. Like the, you look at a guy like, um, you know, Jakey Turpin signs at the Roosters, yeah, right? Huge. So players, those big clubs have got a lot of salary cap put into their top tier players. So they've got to find journeymen that like, you know, showed a little bit in another club, but 
you know, for whatever reason, it hasn't panned out. But I did take a heap of confidence out. Mm. Like, have one having the phone call, because like I was still like, he was. He's one of those guys got a bit of presence about him, mm. you know, within the game. So to get a call from Craig and was chatting on my balcony to him for about forty five minutes, talking footy, um, a lot of the stuff. I'd imagine he said a lot of people come down, work hard, no dickhead policy. Um, you're going to work, training camp, all that sort of stuff. So, are you shitting yourself on the phone there? Yeah. Like he's on, but like forty minutes is a long time to be talking to someone who you're like intimidated by. You know what yeah. I mean? Like in those conversations, I'm just like, I'm ready to get off the fucking. Forty thing. minutes is a long time. Are you talking X's and O's, or are you talking everything? Um, just talking about the situation. He talked a lot because he had a good relationship with Steve Kearney. I think Brad Arthur was the one that maybe because um, he looked after me, obviously getting to Manly, and he had a relationship with because he was he was the under twenties coach. Uh, at Melbourne when Steve Kearney brought him down. So mm. so I th- I believe maybe Brad put in a good word for me and said, like, exactly what we're talking about at the start of the show. Like, I didn't kick stones. Mm. I wasn't a, um, a bad egg when everything went when I, when everything went pear-shaped for mm. me. Just to I, do I, I like to think, yeah, I, I trained hard during that period and yeah, I tried to play good footy in reserve grade, so it served me well. Punters and dribblers, as always, we are brought to you by the primo betting platform of this great nation of ours, and that's Ned's. Big fans of Neds. We love Neds. They uh, have been huge supporters of us, huge supporters of everything we do over here, and we love them. Now, Eddie, if you're a punter or a dribbler and you want to engage with the community on Neds, how are you doing? It's very, very simple. Either you can follow Tom and I, it's even Tobler if you're a loser, you can follow our profiles in the Neds profile section, but I think a greater use of your time is to join the about even group under groups now the code to get in is dribbler if it's not dribbler it's dribblers forgive me there you can follow all our tips me shebos gurus burmos sometimes tobler but again who cares about him it's a great community environment where we tip winners we tip losers mostly learners losers but sometimes winners that's it shout out to neds now what's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Punters and dribblers, you voted with your, with your mouths, and Good Day has been popular with you all so far. Thank you very much to everyone who has uh, got around it, sampled it, tried it. But there's plenty more to go around, and we, we, we believe in this thing, the daily multivitamin, and we think you all should have a go. There's more gullets to be pounded. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at the gullets of this nation, not enough gullets full of good day. That's right. For mine. Well, listen, we see, it, we, we, see, we see gullets that need to be filled, and we are in the business of filling gullets. I'll say this, Ed, we've been on it for a while now, and it helps... Uh, with mental clarity. It helps with energy throughout the day. Uh, it helps with liver cleanliness and function. Which we, I health. know I know. there's a shitload of you that need that. There's I a shitload of you out there. For a fact, you need a good scrub of the internals. Correct. I know that for we know sure. It. Now, if you already got your own multivitamin that you're taking, don't bother changing. We're not asking you to change. But if you can you, if you want. You can, but you don't have to. But if you do nothing, if you do nothing for your health, then you've got to start somewhere. Now, if it's a run for you, that's great. But your nutritional health is something that we all fucking ignore. Good day is an opportunity for you to make smart decisions. The least you can do is a little good day. Use the code dribblers for 20% off, punters and dribblers. 20% off. It's our gift from us to you. Begoodhealth.com.au What is your relationship like? Well... I'm assuming you don't still have a manager, but like the All Brothers, 
sort of then like their reputation precedes them a little bit as being ruthless motherfuckers in the management game. Mm. What was it like with them? Like I, I got along with them well. Like yeah. I'm, I'm still, I, they're the two um the. They're the same and they're completely different. Like with Gav, Gav was pretty much my manager throughout the whole period. Um, me, like I've heard a lot of the stories and there's like, um, there's other managers that don't have the best reputation as well. When, especially when you've got so many guys and mm. and there's probably about five or six of the big dogs, but Gav always did well by me. Mm. Um, was sort of the guy like, he was a good guy to have when you got cut. Like he's the one that's like, you know, we'll be right. Melbourne are keen, you know, straight away. And yeah. He made me feel like he would try to pick me up. But then also I really respected Chris. Um, and I dealt with Chris a little bit more as I went to the Super League because he'd do a lot of that stuff. Gav would look after the New South Wales-based players. Chris would have like Queensland and uh, Super League. Mm. Chris would tell you straight, like straight down the face, like, like that, what's happening, and you appreciate that side of it too. So uh, they were they were always good to me. Uh, I've still got a really good relationship with those guys. Mm. At one point, I thought about doing management with them for a little bit. Oh yeah. But um, I ended up rolling into the YKTR stuff and mm. and enjoyed that like a little bit more. I had a few meetings with them. Like we sat down and had a few Zoom calls about doing that sort of stuff because I was interested in it during my footy career. Mm. But um, then YKTR started to kick off, and um, yeah, it sort of just fell away. But mm. Yeah, I like those dudes. How how do you go about finding a manager? Are they are they sort of are they coming to you or are you? Um, yes, some some kids go looking for them. Uh, I I had I had um, Gav approach me and what year was it? Yeah, he had a deal for me. So like, so what I think what they do sometimes is they might go um, they like identify a kid, speak to. The, scouts because they're all in with the scouts and mm. the people who are recruiting and then just like oh you keen on him or yeah, whatever and i think they almost sign you just like commit yeah. you to a club before yeah and then we'll go it. like oh yeah, i can get you to to chooks and it's like it's not like crazy money but it's just like a scholarship deal or whatever yeah. mm. so they're not being like that um but yeah everyone's some of the kids get signed so early now like i was 18 when i got signed like, to the roosters eh? yeah roosters that's to, pretty hectic as well like i know we're jumping around a bit but like they're the fucking roosters. Yeah. Well, Artie Beatson was the one who um, approached Gav and, and sorted it out. So Big Artie was one of the greats of the game. Again, it's one of those things when... Did you have a relationship with Artie? Like, did yeah, you... he was good to us, really good to us. Not like... Uh, he used to be a lot, around a lot of the, the junior stuff. So he did a lot of recruiting. would go out to the, the schoolboy tournaments. He picked me up from Westfield Sports. Um, but yeah, he was, he was around schoolboy footy and he was really approachable... He was just a like really intimidating factor, but like he, you could see he was just like a big kind human, mm. um, and he was really good to have around. He'd always say hi and you know and all that sort of stuff when he was watching trainings and whatnot. He'd pop down maybe a couple times a year, watch your train. He was he was unreal, Artie. Was see? it oh, yeah? Sorry. Was it like if he's at training, is everyone talking going? Yeah, as a presence, you don't you you get used to it um, because he's around. So like he was around. He probably, he's probably around a little bit more than that, actually. This is like SG board training because, you know, obviously he's the guy that would scout the um, – I, I believe – I don't know if he did first grade stuff, but he'd bring all the kids in. So he, he, he might have had half a dozen kids that he'd gone and scouted and then and then brought to the Sydney Roosters for, for 18s because, as you know, there's not like a massive junior system in Bondi. No. So we were bought no, from like Western not. Sydney, <laughs> um, like Cronulla, a couple of the Endeavour high school boys, um, some guys from Canterbury. So there was like hardly any juniors there. So he'd come down and just watch our progress. But you just become used to it because it's Artie. But you you know walk in and 
and obviously, um, you know, obviously know who, you know, who he was and and respectful. But he was, yeah, he was a good, really good dude. What are those? What's the what's, what's what was the high school you went to? Westfield Sports. That's like, what is it like going to one of those schools where it's like, well. Is it like this where if you're in like the footy side, you're like the motherfucker? It's almost like American high school football. <laughs> not not as much um, because we've got a bit of a bad reputation. It's a bit like... Uh, what do you so? mean? You know, we're not the... We weren't the best behaved a lot of the time. Like I was, you know, definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> I used to play up, a, uh, play up a little bit. I used to try to be like... You know, the funny guy. Like, if I was lacking in a certain subject, my thing was to make everyone laugh. So yeah, yeah, they yeah. would realise that, you know, I, you know, I wasn't cutting it in this class, you know. So, but a lot, uh, but I had got along with most of the teachers. Um, there were some that looked after you, and then there was, it was vice versa. Like, there was some that just didn't like you because they knew that you were just maybe like other teachers guy. were, yeah, like other certain sports, and their kids weren't like their like the athletic system wasn't getting looked after as well yeah. as like the rugby league players. Did so you like that. did you have to perform in class to be able to play footy though? Like did you or you could just Yeah. Yeah, but I just got like the very bare minimum. Yeah. Like, yeah I just yeah. scraped wise. <laughs> There'd be like stuff coming up with us a the story that uh, I had Blake Green was in my year. Mm. Um and he um another manly legend. Yeah, yeah, he did too. Um he uh, is, is a plagiarized when he just like, I just completely copied what he Yeah, did. yeah, yeah. So like he was in another class in the same, um, like it was sports science and he, like there was three classes for sports science and Greeny was like, he was a, a real what, smart a, kid. A day? No, oh, no, no, three different classes. Three different say, levels yeah, of yeah. the sports science class. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And we all did the same stuff and then I tried it. I, and I heat Greeny up and he reluctantly gave it to me because he's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I'd do it, like I'd go, oh, come on, give us, like let me copy what you did and hand it in mine. But then obviously, you know, teachers cross notes. Yeah, and yeah, they're not. It's exa- it was exactly the same. I didn't change anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I got suspended for a game for that. What, what's the makeup of a sports high school? I remember like when I was young, I'm like, you know, you'd hear about these sports high schools in Sydney and you'd be like, I want to go to one of them. Well, you yeah. I mean? yeah like, that sounds like... We're not made of the right stuff. But, <laughs> no, we're not. But if we were... Are they all... Are they selective? Um, Can you yeah. just go to them? Like, what's the fucking... Yeah, I think, it, I think it's like most things too. It's like, if you know someone, it helps as well. Mm. Like, my dad... Um, it was his good mates was one of the coaches that when he played at Parramatta he was the the head trainer and he was the coach of the Opens team at the time so I was like no matter what I was going to get in mm. it was one of those vibes but it was like a selection process like you trial out for it um, I didn't have to do it but like apparently at the end of year six there was like a possible versus probables to play for and they selected like eleven guys out of that but then would also get guys but does that is that selected though to go to the school to the school yeah Jesus. because then there's a local there's all the locals there as well so there's only a certain amount of numbers that they could have in right but we had like yeah there's fair there's a fair few kids in there you and had some we, weapons didn't you our team was stacked for the final year but we had a lot of like um a lot of our kids in in the opens team so when I was 18 we we're like 16 so it was most, uh, so the older guys were myself, Blake Green, Matt Keating played a lot of first grade, Chris Inu um, played a lot of first grade, you wouldn't know him. And then we had Jared Hayne, Trent Hodkinson, um, Tony Williams. My God. Uh, who else played? Did you lose a game? Yeah, we got hammered by because we'd play because they were 16s. They were all kids. Oh, okay. Lot, right. A lot of them. Chris Keating played, Matt's yeah. brother. Um, yeah, we had, we had a pretty good team. Uh, but then we we got pumped by 
um, Endeavour, Endeavour Sports, because they just had heaps of like older 18-year-old guys. Yeah. And it, just, it doesn't matter how good those kids are at 16. When you're playing against 18-year-olds, it's just like... Big difference. Yeah, it's too big of a jump. Mm. Too many pubes. Yeah. Way too many pubes. Is it, do all the sports schools play each other? Is that just the vibe? Yeah. 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 We had a... Um, yeah, like a little mini tourney before the... And then there'd be a tournament to play to make the New South Wales CHS. But mm. every year would play Endeavour. I don't think Hill Sports and Matri- maybe Matraville were around. There was one up in Newcastle like Kate Snowden used to play at. One of the great rugby league names. Yeah, Kate Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> one of the greats. Yeah. He was like... Cade Snowden at 18 was Cade Snowden in the NRLs. Well. Right. He was, he was a gun. Like, he was a man child. Cade was a gun. He was an animal. Yeah, he was like he played he played he would have played Origin in that. He played he? Australia. I think he played one game Origin, one game Australia in yeah. his knee or something, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But he was like that at 18. Right. So like, yeah, they had um So Cade was a handful. He was a handful. Cade was a rugby league handful. Cade <laughs> Snowden. I'm t- I, like yeah. I can feel my 15, 16 year old. That's intimidating. Intimidating. 17 year old. Yeah. Hearing about Cade Snowden a couple of towns. Yeah, you over. read the team list and you go, nah, fuck no, fuck Cade Snowden. No, no, no. Sicky today. Yeah. Hammy saw. Yeah. Hammy's real sore. Um was it what was it like when obviously like playing like first grade's like the dream, but like seeing people make it, like make boys you want to play with, like make it before you did, and there's still that like unknown. Was there a period where you ever went because you said like you were 23 or whatever? Was there a period where you went, oh, I'm fucking this ain't happening? Yeah, so a couple couple little funny ones like when I got so me and um me and me and Hainsey, me and Jared Hain were really close. So um, out when we were at school, I sort of like. I took him under my wing. I was the 18-year-old guy, 16-year-old guy. I would go to parties and that. I'd mm. look after him. And then um, he'd come and live with my family for a year because he was travelling from Minto and he was training with first grade at like 17, right? Mm. So he lived with my family to make the, the travel easy to get to, to school. And then I was – I paved my own way, went over to – at that time I was at the Roosters and I'd come back. And then I started training like full-time and he would call me like rookie and stuff because at that point he was like 19. I'm two years older than him. But he would go like, rookie, make sure you grab the Gatorade session <laughs> after training. So that was like really frustrating because he had established himself in a year's period of being one of the best young up-and-comers. Yeah. And he was real like Larry about it and, and carried on a treat. But also, I still see him as the 16-year-old kid that I used to look yeah, after exactly. and at high school. So, um, it, it would get me, but I'd bite my tongue because I just was not in that. Because when you haven't cracked it yet, too, it's just like... You can't show that it's pissing you off yeah. either, because otherwise no, you know, no, no, they've no. got it over you. No. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, and then when it comes to debuts, I remember... Because uh, Flady went to our school. Flady Mateo went to our oh, school, yeah. but he'd moved on. He moved on pretty early, so we'd, gr- we'd grown up together. Uh, known each other like when I first started going to Westfields, he was there, and um, I remember on my debut, I'm just like really nervous, and mm. and uh, I look over at Flitty, and Flitty's just like smiling and like <laughs> just got a big grin on his yeah, face yeah, for yeah. me, and I like I remember taking that in and um, like I'm trying not to like smile and laugh because that, like the coach is talking to you, <laughs> but Flitty was so happy for me to be making it. And then, I, yeah, you, you feel that, like, yeah. as you go on, like, even, especially when you get a little bit older and then there are some young kids that you, you know, invest a little bit of time on. Once I, once I got a little over to, like, Wakefield my last couple of years, I really invested my time in some of the young guys, try to pass them some stuff. And when you're seeing them playing well or debut, it was, like, it's a Satisfying. Yeah. Did you feel any – was there any extra pressure because your old man was a former player? Was oh. Not really? <clears throat> well, that was a big part of my decision playing at the Roosters because – 
at the time, Parra wanted to to keep me in the under 18s and under 19s and 20s. Mm. Um, and I thought, oh, like a lot of, you know, dad looked after me to get me into the school. And I was just like, he was around the coaching staff for the 20s and that. I just thought I'd, Mike, I'll head over the roosters and pave my own way. Yeah, and then it didn't work out, and then I required my dad to get me back to Barra. <laughs> so, um, Go yeah, and be my own yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah, I uh, yeah, he got me in the um, just the Reggie's part of it. But yeah, there was like there was obviously a lot of, um, you know, I wasn't the most physically gifted player. Uh, I had to you know work pretty hard. So if you know, when I was a part of the teams, because he coached me growing up, there was a lot of people like, oh, you're only making certain teams or you're only at the school because your dad. So I feel for guys like Tua, like imagine like me at like high school and then you, you, you think of guys like Nath Cleary early on with mm. Ivan and, mm. and obviously Jakey Arthur's Jakey the most Arthur, recent one. Yeah. I feel for those guys that go through that at that level. Seriously. Because you feel that pressure as a kid at like 18s and, mm. and 20s. So I'd, I'm real mindful of that. Like even though... Um, you know, on our sports show, I was like, oh, he wouldn't be a part of my 17, but I'm always careful about like, because I've been in that situation. Yeah. So I yeah, sort of yeah, feel yeah. for him in a way. Mm. But I and imagine like it'd be fucking thousand times worse doing an NRL. NRL. For a GF. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, I wouldn't fucking Did do you, was that. Did you, was that hard growing up, your dad being the coach of the side in terms of like imparting wisdom or if you have a bad game, like how did that sort of. Yeah, we used to clash a fair bit. We used to like he was pretty hard on me, so he used to like because there was a perceived bias towards me. Mm. He would go the opposite. Yeah, right. He'd try to make he'd make sure that everyone like if any if anyone was at training, like everything was my fault, (laughs) or like I wasn't doing enough. Yeah. So, but he and then he would go, oh, sorry about that. I'm driving home, and he's like, (laughs) I was a bit hard on you. I was like, yeah, you fucking, yeah, you fucking were, mate. Yeah. Like there's one time I um we're playing touch footy. And I went to go like he's real competitive. This is obviously I got so much. Um, I learned so much from him. One of the biggest things was everything's competitive. Um, so he he was like forty five years old. He'd be diving and touching all this sort of stuff. <laughs> so we're, we're doing a training session, and uh, I went to go dive and, and get this, uh, get one of our, um, my teammates. This is just at training, like just warming up before he's about to start training. I broke my collarbone. Oh yeah, at sixteen, and. Um, and I, I was like, oh, I hit the deck and I missed the touch. So the guy scored. And he's like, let's go, like, play on. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm in a bad way here. <laughs> and he goes, all right, we'll sit on the post. So I sat like, this is like Western Sydney, July, in the middle of the season oh out in Penrith. God. It's cold as it's 6.30 at night. I'm 15, 16. And like, but like, I also appreciate it as well, mm. but not sitting there. But he was he was super hard on me to, to it was always to make sure that, to make sure that there was no favoritism, yeah. But yeah, I had a broken collarbone, and you sat there, <laughs> and I sat like, there for the entire entire training session. Um, woke up oh in the morning, God, bro, with bro, a broken collarbone. Broken collarbone. Woke up in the morning. Um, I, st- I said, "Dad, I'm just doing a bad way. The shoulder's still no good." He's all right. Let's take it. Sure enough, we got some I got a broken collarbone. He felt so guilty. Did he? Yeah, because he just thought I was because like because he was so competitive and he yeah. knew I was competitive. He thought you were a weak. He thought, I was, he thought I was having a. Yeah, he thought I was a weak gutted dog. He thought <laughs> I was Jamin Salmon. Yeah. No, he thought I was I was off it for missing the because uh, when I missed the touch and I'm going and I was on the ground. He was going, get up. And I'm going, oh, no, like I'm in a bad, like my shoulder's sore. And he goes, get up, like get, let's get on with it. So obviously he felt heaps guilty, but 
it, 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 again, it's one of those things that hardens you. Like, yeah. You appreciate it as you get older as well. Didn't appreciate it at the time. At the time, no. There's all little life lessons. Yeah, life lessons. Yeah. Right. I didn't get babied anyway, so... I <laughs> fucking hope as, <laughs> as I got older, I appreciated God. that. Um, so when you, you, you got uh, pre-boarded at Para up to Manly, what was the... How quickly were you like, oh, this is like... Heaven compared... Well, that's my assumption because I'm a man. <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> compared to the Eels, dude, who yeah, just yeah, got yeah. fucking wooden spoon. Yeah, like, yeah. But I just I guess, love the choice of words. Well, yeah. But, you know, I guess, like, the difference between the the two outfits and, like, this, like the way they operated and things. Was it obvious, like, real quick? Yeah, like, yeah. that you're in an elite side? First week. Really? The very first week. So you rock up and you just do training. A lot of... Te- oh, maybe the second week, there's a lot of testing in the first week. A lot of getting to know each other. And then once we started rolling the ball work, and I t- was telling you it was like best 13 against second 13 or um, right, es- right edge versus left edge. And I'm just like, one, it's super competitive straight away. Not that Parra wasn't competitive, but it was just silky smooth. Like, mm. I, don't, I, can't, I can't remember what happened if um, it felt like Kieran was there straight away. It must have been something a lot of the boys didn't make rep. Because sometimes, you know, they're away for rep duties, but mm. it felt like... We had the full deck of cards, like the whole team was there. Yeah. And then it was just like super competitive. But also, um, one thing I noticed is the amount of respect that like, and the way they treated the older boys was a lot different. There was like, if you had the runs on the board, the boys would only rock up Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But when they rocked up Monday, Wednesday, Friday, those those sessions were so intense. Yeah, right. So like, if you'd played a certain point or, you know... Pretty much all the you know names you'd expect like Stuart Brothers, Watmo, Jamie Lyon, all that sort of stuff. Um, shoulders of Justice. The Shoulders of Justice. Mm. Yeah, he he was a little bit later. He started in January, skipping most of the time. Yeah, he, <laughs> took, he took all the weeks off he could. He was uh yeah, but yeah, like when he was there, same thing. It's the energy was like um, I always talk about the competitiveness of it. Like I'd I'd looked obviously played against Stephen. And Jamie Lyon, Stevie Matter and Jamie Lyon, but they wanted to beat each other every time they trained. And it was like when the, the difference was coming from Para, you had Hainsey who was a lock. Like, not everyone, hardly anyone was a lock to make the team everywhere. You had Hindy, Nathan Imarsh, Jared Hayne, um, Nathan Kalis. But everyone else was fighting for positions, like, not sure about, you know, like I said, the yeah. confidence thing of being at training. Mm. Like, everyone knew who the 17 was. And it's like, there's, Certain one you can get comfortable, but these guys weren't comfortable because they were just always wanted to win. Mm. So I was, it was like, oh, we're going to compete and go hard. And then if you didn't buy into that, if you thought you had an ego or you thought you'd done anything, like these guys had literally done everything, like one GFs played for the New South Wales, played for Australia. So you bought in or you're out. Yeah, and it was like a, it was like a fraternity. You almost felt like that. Yeah, like if you're gonna if you're gonna buy in, you're in. But if you're not, you're not. So you're out. Yeah. So and that's the way it felt. So there was an energy, like within the first couple of weeks, and then, um, yeah, loved it, loved it. And it's a, a, a lot more knock knockabout than what Para was because they'd won so much too. Mm. They enjoyed, really enjoyed their time off the field as well. <laughs> but you hear though as well that like you know Melbourne, it was sort of they sort of compare the two changes in approaches. Like the Manly at the time was more old school. They'd won, but they were old school. They'd like enjoying themselves off the field whereas Melbourne super disciplined professional as like are you glad that you went into a side that had success but was more old school than maybe like a more professional 
Well, in a way, um, and it was a bit of a criticism of Steve Kearney, I think we try to really copy the Melbourne system at Parramatta. Mm. And for whatever reason, like it just, uh, we didn't have the troops or we just didn't have the big three. Yeah, Did you like some more? Um, and I spoke to, um, cheers, mate. I ended up speaking to, uh, who was it a little bit later on? Who was, so, I can't remember who, who was it uh, at Parramatta, but like when Brad Arthur had literally seen it all. So he was at Melbourne and he'd seen how like they do it and mm-hmm. that, that was the way you do it. Like that's the way you train hard, work hard, um, minute details, all that right. sort of stuff. He tried to take it to Paris, sort of just didn't pan out. Didn't have the same squad. And then he was assistant coach at Manly. And apparently it was a bit of an eye-opener for him. Like, oh, there's a different way to do this. Like, they, um, they've got some larrikins. There's a lot of, you know, they look after the older boys a little bit more. And apparently it served him really well. And, you know, look, he's, despite what you think about Parramatta, he's had really good, good success at Parramatta. Yeah. They haven't got the job done, but they've always been for they've a long time. They've been a good time. side for they've a long time. They've been a good time. side for a long time. They're just a, you know, as a so club, they're a bunch to, of fuckwits. Yeah, well, a part of it players. was learning how to handle, like, a guy like Corey Norman. Right, so maybe he wouldn't have been able to handle Normie as good if he hadn't gone to Manly and seen the knockabouts. Yeah, that were yeah Manly, yeah, you know. Yeah. So um, that's that was yeah that was the difference. But yeah, I, I think I, th- I think about it all the time with the Melbourne sliding doors, like what sort of because because I went to Manly and I was just like a sponge. I'm going to absorb whatever it is. Yeah. So and I fully absorbed <laughs> what, what there was to be you absorbed. You are a product of what you absorbed. Yeah. Yeah. And then who knows, like maybe. Um, you know, I would have been one of those guys that, you know, went down to Melbourne and, you know, speak a lot about those guys, the journeyman that went there and, you know, made a, made a heap out of a career that, you know, wasn't there as well. So, um, but, yeah, I was, I was grateful. Plenty of good times at Manly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about, like, how the big dogs would only go three days a week, is that normal? Like, or is that Sorry, a- that was just until Christmas, though. That was just oh, Christmas. that's just for pre-season. pre-season. Shoulders, oh. and shoulders wouldn't go at all. And shoulders wouldn't go at all. Well, he had the rest of shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. That makes more sense. I was like, fuck. So they just Sorry, was... yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So just to clarify that, Monday, Wednesday, Friday in pre-season, and um, obviously everyone else outside, there might might have been like eight guys part of that crew, but then you still had you like young guys that had done a bit, like Kieran was at every trainer, Daly was yeah. at every trainer. And, um. I think Matty Ballon still used to just turn up because that's who Matty Ballon is. Like he yeah. had, he they could have gave him time off, but he's just like a fitness freak and loved training, so he was always there. Killer Jamie Lyon was always just around training sessions. I think he used to just rock up and go to the gym some some of the days. But some of the days, the older boys, some of the other boys, just kick the feet up because they'd earn it. Mm. Yeah. And uh, and it was one of those things. It's like when I'd come over, it's, I think some people think you'd begrudge them for not being in there, but like. I was thinking, like, why didn't, why wasn't that, why wasn't Hindy like that? Why didn't they give that to Hindy? Yeah, Could have, you know, because he'd done it all, same sort of thing. Um, Nathan Kalis, some of the, Luke Burt, some of these guys. So like, would it have made a difference? Would the, would they? Because they were really like worn out, tired by the end of the year, and you just like, I always felt like that just gave the boys the juice at the end of the year, and they'd like really be humming come finals time. So did it make any? Did it also? Act as like something sort of almost aspirational as like the players who weren't like that, like going, fuck, look what like glory gets you. Like, yeah, you know, I'd you love to strive of, for that. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to be one of those, do- like the big dogs and be like, yeah, fuck, sorry guys. Two comps, fucking Origins, Australian jerseys. Yeah. Not so coming in. I today. sort of like, 
I try to claim that at other clubs as I like, <laughs> as I went on, like I'd suggest it. Like once I started getting to 30, I was like, this is why we did it manly and it worked. <laughs> yeah. I'd be Catalan Dragons yeah, yeah. and this French coach would be like, what? Yeah. You're training you? fucking Monday to Friday. <laughs> and I'm like, Brett Stewart and Glenn yeah. Stewart and that's training. <laughs> we went to the GF in 13. Did, um, <laughs> it just true. doesn't work. It doesn't make it so sad. Yeah, what are you talking about, mate? Did the, did the big dogs get anything else? That like you know you, I'd like a bit of that. Like, was there a car park or something they got? Do they get a better shower? Is there a shitter that no one else can use? Nah, nah, not really. Um, it's <laughs> the, the, no there was yeah. we didn't have the best facilities as it was. Well, you know yeah, what I mean? Maybe yeah. one with a but seat. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was nothing that was like prime real estate at Manly anyway. No, like we got sorry. changed in the back of our cars during that period. I think they. Uh, I, I think Trent Barrett come and change that, but. No, nah, you just wanted to be them. Like, yeah. you just wanted to... There was never any, any, like, animosity. You were just like, those guys won two comps. The Guns. Top, you know, a lot of them top three at their position. They earned the right. So, it's like you're saying, Tom, it's like, I'd like to earn that one day. Yeah. I'd like to be a part of that. So, and, and, and you, yeah, you appreciated it a lot more. And all the young guys were the same. And we had even some of the young guys that come through that... Couldn't even make that team that had gone on. Like, you think about Gutho, mm. that was knock, mm-hmm. knocking on the door around that time. Petter Hicku couldn't solidify a spot. He I, goes I always liked Petter Hicku. I was oh, like, we I just, love Pet. He's a fucking gun. I was, yeah. when we let him go, I was like, this is, this feels like a dumb decision. Pet, I always like, we call him because we're still obviously really close. Like, he was like the Kiwi Jamie line to a lot of us. Like, yeah, right. I know that's high praise because Kill's one of the best to ever do it, but he's so silky smooth. You think about wherever he goes. Um, the he, winger outside him plays well. Yep, and and the top try scorer for their team. Yeah, and and he defends really well, and he and he chip in and score a couple. For, and he was he's, he got a bit of versatility. I swear he played in the halves at some point. Played at fullback as well. Yeah, right. The Kiwis yeah. played six so, for the Kiwis. Yeah, Pet. Yeah, he's, he's still doing the same damn thing. You know, yeah. what I mean? how yeah. old would he be now? Pet would be. He was so 20s? he was young. So twenties. What time would he got there? It's it'd, it'd be knocking on. Th- it'd be thirty thirty one now. Thirty. So he was young yeah, at Manly. Yeah, dude. He I thought part, he comes straight from the twenties. Wasn't he like a New Zealand schoolboy's gun? Wasn't he like the big um, dick? Well, I think he was in the twenty system. So you remember back in the day when they first started the twenties, the Warriors were really good. Yes. You remember? Like mm-hmm. they were stacked. Big, yeah. and they couldn't keep boys. all their kids. And that's a and that's a big knock on the Warriors that they went over to identify. Like they make sure that they kept all their good ones. Anyway, um, Peter Hickel and Lingy Sell. Mm. Uh, another guy slipped through the cracks. He had a really good career. He was at, um, you know, Manly in the early days when and played on it. Like he went he ended up going back to the Warriors. Um, he's playing for Samoa now in the World Cup. Um, they picked up those two guys together. So there's like a new crew. Like when I come through, I was a little bit older, different situation. Um, but there's a lot of young, good young kids coming through. Uh, I think it was Jakey's Jakey Travojevic's first preseason, Gutho's first preseason. Like when I rocked up and I seen Gutho. I thought this guy's got to be a gun. He was like, really, because he just like, like that stand. Like he was, he was just like all bone. Oh right. So like the first thing I think when I see someone like that, like eighteen, nineteen, like this kid must be good. Like because really there's nothing to him. There's yeah. nothing to him. Yeah right. And obviously you see like what his career's panned out to and how hard he works. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a good good crew that come through sort of that same year. And like I said, the team was so stacked and some big calls. And there ended up being a lot of unrest because of it, because some players got kept and some others didn't like... It was a real transition period when I come mm. there. And I got the back end of a, 
a really strong period for the club and dynasty. Yeah, dynasty. Yeah, it would have been nice if we could have capped it off. Yeah, well, you're a forward been. pass away from forward pass away from it in a referee's a touchdown call. away. From I think I've told you before, but like after we were robbed in that 2013, that was so 2013 was your first year at Manly, mm. straight to a GF from mm. a spoon, from a spoon to a GF, spoon to a GF. Fuck, yeah. that's good. And so wait, spoon, nearly part of Big Four, GF, GF. Well, exactly. Like what a <laughs> what, what a turnaround. What a turnaround. <laughs> Some dude pre-boarded when I was well. working. Pre-boarded. We're boarded. Pre-boarded. <laughs> Wooden spoon. Pre-boarded. So basically implying that you're the four. basically implying you're the worst player in a in, in a, a team that won the spoon. <laughs> oh my god! And then you're playing in GF lined up against Sonny Bill Williams, and like, that's ridiculous. Some guy when I was working at the pub you. I was working in after Manly got <laughs> robbed, he wrote out. He wrote out why he thought Manly was robbed in a piece of paper, handwritten and photocopied it like 150 times. I don't know who, like didn't ever see the guy. And he left him all through the pub and then all through all these pubs around Paddington about how we got robbed, which we did. And it's one of the great regrets of my life I didn't hold on to that piece of paper. But if you're out there, sir, please reach out. Do you remember the robbery? Have you wiped it from your memory? I... Uh, it- I when I so I played my career and, and I didn't I didn't want to watch it back because I didn't want to be like sour about the thing mm-hmm. and, and I didn't want to be the guy that says we got robbed. Someone sent me when I got back and first started doing content because like when you start doing content, people are like Skype you robbed in two thousand thirteen. <laughs> it's like nineteen twenty, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got hard done by. And he's like, watch this thing on YouTube. It's like an eight and a half minute clip of the bad decisions that went against us. And I went, I reluctantly put it away for about two months. And then I went over to mum and dad's and um, you know how on grand final day, they have the recordings of all the grand finals. Yeah. Yep. Like they play them all. Mum thought it'd be a, go- a good idea to record the grand final that I lost in oh. when I'd like tried to remove myself from it, which is nice from mum. So yeah. I watched a little bit of it. I watched about 15 minutes of it. And I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it anymore because there's a couple of bad calls early on, <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" I turned it off and then and then went away. And then um, I went into my DMs and went and found that link, <laughs> and I watched that link for eight eight and a half minutes. And it's eight and a half minutes of bad calls that we copped, and it was it was it was tough to watch. Yeah, because you know. I am now that guy that says we got robbed. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, so I, but I we, tried to, but, but we were, we were, we were robbed. There's a couple. There's a really bad decision on myself actually. So like I was over top of Hargraves, and um, he was trying to get up and have a quick play of the ball, and he just completely lost it, and then he headbutted me, and he got the penalty. Yeah. and they kicked. Uh, I think they went up eight six just before half time. Um, and it's only two points, but big momentum swings. No, nah, big momentum swings. And he was yeah. a dirty fuck at that Jarrett. Well, he's still playing. But in that game particularly, I remember Jarrett. Yeah. I know he's a manly kid, you know, like. Yeah, but, he, I mean, it, but look, look, he was up to no good. Yeah. yeah. And that's all that He's matters. always up to no good. Always. Yeah. Now, he may be, a, you know, man, he played at manly when he was younger, but but he doesn't, t- doesn't change the fact no, that he's, he's a grub. A, he's type. 100% a grub. He doesn't change a single thing. Like, you know how they... You know, obviously we've just had a grand final recently and you hear all the guys on Fox and on Nine and, and whatever else and they go on at nauseam about the week, that grand final week and it's a different week. And don't play gotta, the game in your don't head. Don't play the game in your head and you just got to fucking perk at the right time and manage your emotions. All that crap, right? All the cliches. 
how much truth is in those clay shows? Um, there, there are some truths in it. The best part is having guys that have like been there before. So we had Glenn, Glenn Stewart um, broke it down pretty pretty quickly early in the week. So once we'd got through, we had the first session, and he, he basically said, "There's so much like non-footy shit that you just got to like get your head around now." So like for basically the first three or four days, you can hunt like because you by that point of the season you're seasoned anyway. Like you've done so much training, like we'd turn up and do like on clockwork. We had the routine about what we'd do, go through a training session. Cherry would kick a field goal to finish off. That's we did that every captain's run. Mm. We'd be competitive. We were even competitive at captain's run. Anyway, like but the grand final week is completely different. You got to do the media day. Um, you got to go on the on a like all the so you do a training session just to to throw the footy around, but you can't do anything there that because the media's there and they're recording everything. They right? just want to see you pass so if, they, the ball. if you see any like game specific stuff that you want to do against the Roosters and you like you think that they're gonna someone's gonna see it, so you don't do anything there. Do you and ever you, do any like things that you won't actually do, like throw, throw a fakey? Yeah, oh, some funny stories like about that. Desi throwing fakies back in the um, back in the day, but um, I got a bit of Des about me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Nah. <laughs> Continue. We'll get to Des. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to Des. We will get to Des. We will get to Des. Um, but yeah, apparently he's to throw fakies. But yeah, nah. So it was just like by the time you got to Thursday, or you did like maybe a decent training session, captain's run. Glenn Stewart, he said to us in uh, on the Monday straight away, enjoy it, embrace it, take it in, don't get caught up in all the shit. Um, think about like you know uh, what's important, and and he's and then he goes, but enjoy it as well, like. These, these, you're lucky. We're lucky to be a part of these um, sort of situations. So, um, yeah, don't caught up. Don't get caught up in the rubbish about thinking you're the grouse and fucking you know, people taking pictures and doing interviews and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, but also enjoy that you're in a GF, and that was really comforting early on. Had a heap of guys that won the grand final, so it was all. It was, it was a lot like it was very business like you know, for the for the week because all the boys were used to it, you know. So almost. This is this is like where I sort of fell in the trap. The one thing I sort of, I just thought we're going to play in grand finals all the time because like during that week, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this is just normal. Yeah, these boys are sweet. Yeah, I took it for granted. I really did. And because um, the next year we had a better team and we, we we were banged up at the back end of the year, um, and we probably a better chance in fourteen if we didn't have all the injuries. But no one remembers that because we were injured and we it's didn't. Funny, yeah, I can't even. Fucking no one gives remember. a yeah, shit. We got man. knocked out by the Bulldogs. Remember um, when they kicked a couple of field goals in the semi? We were like back to back finals. We were, f- I believe, first equal. Was that the game at? Was that the SFS? That game? Yes. Yeah, I was yeah. there. Ho- uh, Hocko, one of my old uh, Westfield's um, schoolmates, he mm. kicked back to back field goals on mm-hmm. us. He kicked one cherry. Um, kicked one to take it in extra time, and then Hocko kicked it in extra time. But at that point, we had like Glenn Stewart out, Anthony Watmo, Matty Ballon, Jamie Bura. We just had fucking a, everyone. We had a shitload of troops out. So um, Snake had a blinder in that game too, uh, as he as he always does. Like we, we, we yeah, we tried our guts out, but we just um, we we fell short. But yeah, that's the one thing I regret about the week is that I was just like I looked around and because the boys were so like all right business as usual and had done it I was like oh yeah this is sweet I'm just going to play in like next three grand finals <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah, like yeah. Just, honestly, we're just like, hopping on the glory train lost, here even when we lost like I'm looking around I'm like fuck it sucks man we should have a ring because especially the position we're in yeah like but then I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in the locker room looking at all the guys that are in the locker room and um 
you know, Kitey was the only one. Brent Kite was a great player, but he was the only one moving on. The rest of the squad was the same. Mm. So I'm like, all right, like Kitey's going to be a big loss, but we'll be fine. We still got troops here. We still got a mad team. Yeah, and then we just got busted in 14. Jeez, that's annoying. Yeah, but it is what it is, right? It is yeah. what it is. It is what it is. When did you leave Manly? 15 was so three years there. And then were you were you whiteboarded or was it a no? Nah, it was a respectful one. That one, like really respectful. It finished up. It ended really well. Um, that's why I still probably got more love for Manly than I do for Para. Like if you, <laughs> I don't know if anyone watches my content, and I'm always like way more Manly than I am yeah, Para. Yeah. That's why we're so close. Yeah, that's why that's why, that's why we're good. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Again, it was like it was to the manager, but like there was there was chat. Um, Who was the coach at the time? Was it still Tews? Tews didn't have his own gig, so Tews. I got in a way I got boarded again because Trent Barrett was coming in, but <laughs> I didn't have a contract for the next year, and it yeah, was pretty right. custom. Like it wasn't like I was sacked, and I had a really good. Uh, I was really happy with the way I finished at Manly. Um, we had we went through a transition period where um, Anthony Watmore had gone to Para, Glenn Stewart had gone to Rabbitohs. Um, Jason King had retired. He was a really important part of the team. And then there was a lot of change in the forward pack and it took us a while to get going. Mm. And we nearly, we, we went on a run and we nearly made the finals and we fell like a game short in 15. But we would have won about maybe six out of our last eight. So 14, I'm just trying to put it together in my head. 14, did Manly, did you fuck the minor premiership? Yeah, like, yes. in the last round. And then you went loss, loss. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we lost I've got three my bearings in a row. now. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was devastating. <clears throat> yeah, we lost. I recall, I recall a, a call Tom and I had, and things with the momentum was starting to be lost. And I remember yeah. saying to him, or we'd said to each other, imagine if we like fucking lose the next couple of games and don't win the minor premiership and then go loss, loss. Yeah. It's like a doomsday sort of thing. Like, we got, worst we, case, and it happened. We got pumped by Souths, like, like 30 or something. And in, we'd, in the and, final. And you'd beaten South in the prelim I think we, the year no, before, hadn't you? Prelim to, to go final. in the GF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we, I believe we beat him twice in 14 as well. Or well, we had a, a st- historic victory, as the boys would call it. Like, we, we beat them at the start of the year without both the Stewart brothers, maybe. We, like, we fancied ourselves against... I remember we'd go into games and we really fancied ourselves against South. And they won the comp and they pumped us by 30 in the first final. So it was like second versus third. Mm. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so, like, obviously they go on to win it. But, like, we we were just banged up at the time. But, like, it, oh, I always felt like that was our weight. Like, that was a better year. Mm. Like, I, I was way more confident going that year. But then, like I said, with all the people that we had out, we were just too banged up. What was the transition period like? Because, I mean, Manly, as we're seeing right now, experts at handling transitions as a club really do it well we don't fuck it up we don't disappoint anyone what was it like being at the club when they're like you know Chucky's gone Glenn's gone were you in there being like what the fuck are we doing here you know it was tough it was tough for everyone around because um like on because it affected me too and my position in the as a in the forward pack because I played a couple of years so I knew we were losing senior members and I was like this is that's the period where I looked around at those guys and it was like I wanted to, you know, impress those guys and those guys are moving on. Mm. It's like, oh, do I have a little bit more responsibility? Yeah, am like, I the guy now? Do, do like suddenly like, yeah, you know, Jamie Bureau was the most experienced player there, um, and then like Matty Ballon was still there. He was the only um, 
the one that was still playing, but in the forward pack. And then we still had Stevie Maddai, Jamie Lyon, Brett yep. Stewart on the back line. Yeah. But there was a real transition period for the forward pack. And, um, yeah, it was interesting, like, because I didn't feel worthy in a way. I felt like a bit of an imposter yeah. to sort of take over that role. But, like, I had a, been playing there for a couple of years, so I was sort of, like, thrust upon us. And then there was a lot of unrest, too, because, obviously, Glenn's Brett's brother – wasn't ha- like those boys weren't happy. We had a conversation. I ended up playing with Glenn again at Catalans down the road. Mm. Um, we had some conversations about how it all ended, and and like you know, there was a lot of unrest around the team as as it was reported. But um, and as you, you boys had Trocky on the on the podcast too, and yep. he let yeah. you know how he felt about the situation. Uh-huh. And which is like, as you get older, you see it from everyone's perspective, and you're like, all right. At the time, I'm I'm that I'm that guy. I like everyone to get along. Like that's mm. that's always who I've been. So I found it hard because I had a good relationship at times with the boys that were a little bit older. And then there's obviously the the big one was you know all the chat around Cherry and and his situation with the boys, which is which was tough for everyone as well because it just come down to like contractual stuff. And I always felt like the players in particular um, in both situations were used as pawns because there was like a situation above that was. Is that everyone's control, really? Does it give you any insight into what is going on at the club yeah. now? Just in terms of like how... Because it's funny, right? Like when you think about now, from my understanding, like the players at Manly currently were like keen on Des to stay, at least the bigger dogs, again, from like the shit that we'd heard. I would have thought like if you're a Cherry Evans and a Turbo, for example, or if back in your day it's a fucking Brett Stewart going we're keeping Glenn or mm. Des stays, that that may have carried a bit more weight in the moment. Like, or that the club decision makers, whether it be the Pens or whoever the fuck the CEO is that week, like, <laughs> whether, like that they would be like, oh, well, maybe we should be listening to the players who are sort of a bit more a part of it. Is that... that's Well, that's what I assumed. I talked about it on the... Um on our show, on the YKTR Sports Show with Mace. I was so surprised that Turbo had to have the meeting the next day. I'd imagine like Cherry's a little bit different, right? So, and it's a little bit different for the older guys. Like if we, so we'll talk about this situation in particular. So like Ches is 32, 33, he's still the skipper. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's important that he has his say. And I'm good mates with Ches um, and always been good mates with Ches. Me and, me and so I love him. Real close. Um, Those are different. Yeah, mm, yeah different. You've, you've ran into him with FaceTime, uh, yeah, Eddie yeah. one time yeah. as well. <laughs> um, and he, he loves the support that you give, uh, you give him. But um, it's a little bit different. Like if I was, and not, not being disrespectful to Chesney, I'm just saying he's one of his mm. good mates, but he's 33, he's got a year or two left. He's in good nick, maybe could punch out three if he does. Like, you know, what did Cameron Smith play do? Like, yeah, like 37, I 36, probably. 37, yeah. something like that. Chess could easily do that. But the future is Tom and Jake. So you'd think um, they would have had conversations with them. And imagine, like, when I go back to back in the days as well, I don't know exactly what happened, but imagine there would have been conversations with, like, obviously Brett who they still expected to play like four or five more years and all that stuff around. And with the, obviously with Glenn who, who moved on and it didn't go well. And, it, and for, for some reason they haven't, they haven't learned from, they haven't learned from their mistakes that they made years ago with those relationships and the communication. And like I've always said, like I don't, I was not a part of those meetings. I was never good enough to be a part of those meetings, but I'd imagine if the boys was like, look you straight in the eyes and tell you how it is. Guarantee that goes down better than what I believe happens around there. And there's a lot of like, 
he said, she said yeah. stuff from 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 everyone around, and there's managers involved, and there's sponsors involved, and all that sort of stuff happens. And we're not the only club. We, no. we just think about it because it's 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 relevant to us because we're Manly fans. But um, but you do look at a club like if you're if you are a club trying to be the best, if you were to look towards the best and see how the best do it, whether it be the Roosters, the Storm, Panthers. None of that shit's going on. No, it doesn't happen, does it's it? It's not 50 million different factions fighting. And I mean, there's like a couple of people, whether it be Bellamy or Robinson at the Rooster and the Storm who essentially run the fucking show. Like, yeah. that's what Des was at Manly. That seemed to be the thing that angered people the most. But yeah. it's, it's, it almost seems to be the thing that the best clubs have. Ivan, you'd probably say, is the same at Penrith. Yeah. Mm. It's... It's an interesting uh, situation, particularly when, like, some of the old heads there have said openly in the media, like, they go, well, when it comes to Manly, some things never change, you know? Mm. Like, it's always, it seems to, it seemed to have been the way since the dawn of time. But this situation in particular, the way it's been handled, I raise, a, I raise an eyebrow mm. going, it feels like we are back... 2014, 2015, you know, bringing in a coach that's relatively untested in a bit of a transition period. And, you know, you've got these warring elements, you know, like he was tested and the test didn't go well. Well, but like untested in the sense that he's had two or two, one and a half, two and a half first grade seasons. Like that's not, Mm. that's not much, right? Replacing. Even, Even though I'm like a bit critical of the situation, I'm still not willing to like, I think I've heard enough. There's there's a, there's a few good whispers around about Seabold and what he can be. Okay, so I'm happy for you to boy me. I'm happy for you. Look, if you need to boy us, like if you're boy like, the boys, yeah, well, no, give us some good whispers. No, I'm I'm more disappointed about the des- the way um, I believe that the Desi situation was handled because I can definitely vouch for like everyone that because I wasn't coached by Desi, the amount of respect that. All of those older guys had that I respect, Desi, and I don't know if things have changed. You know, things things can change in mm. a couple of years too. Like who knows? But at the time, those boys really respected him and, and liked the way that he done business. So, um, you know, maybe that situation wasn't handled well back in the day. And again, it's probably hasn't been handled. Like I said, they haven't they haven't learned from it. But um, we're hearing some. You're not you're, like the jury's still you're out with Seabold. You think? Yeah, enough? I'm not willing to just like put a line through Seabold yet. I'm happy to take that. And and are you saying that is that a whisper based thing or is no that whispers. or is that a he's relatively again he's not he hasn't had seen many winters he hasn't seen many winters he hasn't seen many winters yeah. so he had a, he did he had, run a, a, a really proud club <laughs> into the ground though yeah so and then they have struggled. like I just you know that's like a fact though right? <laughs> no, that is yeah it's, it's a no that is fact. a fact that is a fact but um yeah like the. The the rumors that got around him about went around Brisbane. I don't know if you mm. heard those. No, they're not they're not great. No, they're not great. I they're didn't not hear. Great I read some of them, but yeah. there was, <laughs> that was like the height of the of the text message sort of yeah the fake text message WhatsApp yes. thing. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yes, yes. like my cousin's mum yeah, yeah, dates yeah. the physio. Chinese whispers is the worst in NRL circles too. Yeah. Like some of the shit that gets around from person to person in the GST because. And we do podcasts. I put GST on a lot of shit that oh, I talk about. Oh, Mayo so. required. Mayo is yeah. essential. There's, ge- there's some journos yeah. that have made a career out of yeah, selling Mayo. Exactly. So I'm uh, the, ju- the jury's. I'm still. I'm still confident we go deep and maybe win the comp next year. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't know how I feel. Look, I'm just. 
you know what? I'm still, I'm still very emotional about the whole thing, and the waters have been chummed. So it's like I can't, I can't see which way is up. You know, it doesn't all make positive sense. Positive that right Turbo now. apparently coming out of that medium was okay. Yes, with the, cri- the crisis meeting. Fuck yeah, the cri- that's there positive. was a crisis meeting. There the was next a crisis day. meeting, and then that. So for me, I was like, that's not good. And then apparently within 24 hours, it's sweet. So I'm like, well, that's all right then. Well, Tommy's if Tommy's Tommy's willing to give it 12 months. It's taken all of my sort of wherewithal about what's appropriate not to message him directly and be like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. been like, let don't it, do so that, Let dude. the dust settle. You don't, can't go in too right. <laughs> You can't go in blazing <laughs> no. willy-nilly. Tell me what's happening. I read... I Remember read that podcast we did, bro? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Tell me yeah, what's yeah, going come on. on. Come on. I've met you once. <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On a chunk of night out. I need that good oil. I, um, I remember reading Cherry Evans in regards to this whole sort of situation saying that he hadn't talked to Jake about it yet on a, in you know they're obviously to, together in Australia camp I'd be running straight to him being like what the fuck do you make of this situation yeah, what's happening here is that uncommon to for, um, for guys to keep it internal nah I'd, I'd imagine they would have had a conversation yeah. those two boys Jakey's the thing with Jakey though Jakey's one of the not, honestly and I'm not just saying this because we're doing a podcast Jakey doesn't want anyone to be uneasy. You have you met him? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a lovely guy. He thanked you for having him on the podcast. Oh, he yeah. apologised for being late. Yep. He's like, we did a wrestle session with us. This is a micro that we use. He flipped me on my back, and it's like, I wasn't pissed off that he flipped me on my back. He'd apologise for flipping me on my back. Like that's the sort of guy he is. Just a nice guy. So, mm. at the end of the day, like like I said, same situation as back in the day. I can imagine. I, I believe it'd probably be coming, be being used again. It, you know, we're well aware that Jakey and Tom are the future. So whoever's got an agenda there at Manly are going to want to be on the Travojevic train and make sure that they're on side or trying to get them on side. Yeah. Those boys just aren't like that, though. It's not in their nature. To be agenda-based. No. Like, yeah, yeah, they just don't present that way. No. It doesn't seem like no, that at they're, all. They're, um, but then there's like, again, obviously it's Mayo season, but it's like... Fucking people saying, you know, I write an article saying, oh, there's whispers Tommy's not worth, like, you know, that Tommy's people like questioning his value. And you're like, mm. who the well, fuck's the Dalian doing medalist that? from last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find who that person is and go and waterboard them and then just toss them out the back. Like, who the fuck's doing that? Well, when you think about it, obviously, if the big the big question mark and, and what's hurt him last year is Tommy's health. Mm. That's the thing with Seabold, right? Seabold, he could run into a situation where if he's lucky enough to just get like a... Tommy Travojevic that plays what Four, that, five if he plays eighty percent, where I'm I'm going to lock us in for the finals, yeah, and I'm going to say we're going to be pushing for the four, mm. and that's not even biased. That's just how good Tommy is. So if he gets like you got to remember, we went through a period this year where a lot of people put the line through through Manly when they lost Turbo. We struggled for a bit, then we went on a bit of a run, mm. and obviously the jerseys, and then we lost Jakey with like four or five weeks to go. And then we went to shit. Mm. So everyone remembers the shit. But when Jakey was playing before the jersey... We were doing, we we were doing right. very nice. We, it was, it was, we were a win outside the It was Roosters versus Manly to go see who was going to be in the eight. Yeah. And the f- cement themselves and keep kicking. And we had seven fucking players out yeah. and we yeah. lost by like eight. It w- Yeah, that was a tough night out. We were actually at the game. Yeah. And it was, you know, 
Yeah, we were there. We, yeah, we were, we're all there. Remember, we were all there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Paths, there was yeah. a mood in the air that night. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was a weird. You know it was I mean? tense, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was it, look, I'll be honest. It was I was waiting for something to kick off. Same. I'm not even. I'm not even I joking. I, I thought there'd like be it. more people there. Like, fuck, man. Yeah, so did I. I thought there was going to be a ruckus there. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of. No, that almost made it feel sadder because it was like, oh, like no one's even fucking coming to get angry. It's like it's just. I think everyone knows what's everyone, happening. Here. Everyone was there to be devo. Yeah, I was sitting in the place. Or to support black players. Like a white chance, you yeah. know. Because Chico made his yeah. debut. That's right. Exactly right. So we yeah, come yeah. and vlogged him, and it was against Melbourne. So it's like cheese and all that too. So it's a mad opportunity for us. So I'm like, oh, like I want to go to this game and see what the energy's like. So even when I was watching the game, I was like looking around, going, I'm waiting for a protest to run on the field yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting that sort of vibe, but it was just a bit like. After the flat, it was flat, yeah. wasn't it? It, it was, was flat. flat as a tack. Yeah, and like, and also like, some of the players, God love them, who came and filled in admirably for for Manly. Well, like they also didn't like, mm. so, like there was just there was some where you were like, oh, this is just because it wasn't. It was the seven in the squad, but then there were like some younger boys who yeah. were, hadn't debuted yet who also had said no, so they like. Had to really dig into the fucking... Yeah. When the rugby league guru's gone, I've never heard of him. Then <laughs> yeah, you know you're in trouble. You know you're in trouble. <laughs> and you're not Rugby shocked. league guru know that I played at Westfield Sports and then went on to to play at the Sydney Roosters SG Ball. He knows... Yeah, he knows, he knows that's all what I mean. He knows yeah. everyone. <laughs> that, uh, almost everyone that's touched a steed. Yeah, so yeah. if he doesn't know this bloke, yeah. then... Um, mate, we'll keep, we won't keep you here too much longer. I realise we've been yarning for fucking two hours now. Go. I we thought, can just keep dribbling. Can't I thought it'd been. I thought it'd been forty minutes. It, you know what? I've said the same thing when we do the uh, when we do the potty as well. You know, you know when it's good pod straight away. You don't even have to. Uh, and for whoever's watching, in my eyes, it's a good pod. <laughs> <laughs> but like when I've had good podcasts, it's like we had one with Mace. Jacko goes like because we've been doing these um these voice calls on our on our show recently. Yeah. And Jacko's like, all right, let's get into the voice calls. And then I was like, oh, well, like obviously he thinks it's going. It's been going on for a while. Like, oh, we're an hour and 20 minutes in. And it just And goes. it felt like half an hour. Yeah. Because I felt the pressure too because I know maybe, you know, Eddie's going away, you're banking some up, but I did feel the pressure of going and congrats, boys, Rabs. Rabs oh, and Eddie yeah. Hearn. Mm. And then you, you message me and go, Skip, do you want to come in? I'm, I looked at it for a while and go, do I want to go after these guys? <laughs> and I'm not sure if I'm going to be exactly like straight after them, but I did feel like yeah. I did have imposter syndrome again. It's like when Manly in 15, when all they all moved on, I looked at them and went, I'm not sure I want to run after that gang. That's like, that's a tough carry after yeah. Rabs. Yeah, Rabs into Eddie Hearn Congrats, was, boys, unreal. Thank you. Yeah. You know what though, dude? Like I reckon when it comes to like, and I mean, they're interviews technically, but like I reckon if you're, if we are just interested in talking to or whoever you're talking to. Like, if you're interested in talking to the person, then, I like, it kind of doesn't matter who the fuck they are. Obviously, someone like Eddie Hearn or Rabs is going to get, like, more people in the door out the gate. But then, you know, the ones where you have... I reckon, like, for me, I don't know about you, but, like, the ones with Rabs and Eddie Hearn, they went well, and Eddie Hearn was, like, the easiest person to talk to in yeah. the world. But they're the ones where you're, like... They also wig you out going into it because yes. you're, like... I don't want to fuck this up because people are going to want to listen to Rabs or Eddie Hearn and mm. you don't want to like, you don't want people coming away from that being like, eh. I was intimidated by doing Mark Hunt. You remember Mark yeah. Hunt, the UFC fighter? Yeah. It's like, and this is maybe not, again, not disrespectful of Mark Hunt. There's levels, Eddie Hearn and, and Rabs and Mark Hunt, but Mark Hunt's got a presence about him too. So fuck. not only am I intimidated because I want it to go well, but I'm also like, 
hope he doesn't knock me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, or I offend well, him. Like, I don't yeah, want to offend yeah. him. You know, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to offend him. One hundred percent, I didn't want yeah. to offend him. Yeah. Why? My lack of knowledge. Is that all right? Mm. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. No. I'm right. You lack of not. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of knowledge that's yeah, sort of... Yeah, asking a dumb question. Yes. I asked Ty to have asked her a dumb question once and it wasn't even on an interview. It was just when like, I just was in a situation where he was there and I just... I can't even remember what I said, but you it was just... You just knew. You just knew. Yeah. And like he was talking to a friend of mine and so I got introduced to that and then I was like, oh yeah, hey man, like, you know, congrats or whatever the fuck. And then I said something and he's just like, so just give me this look and I went, Fuck. I don't know, fuck. <laughs> and then just, and like he sort of wrapped up the conversation with Hitty and then just sort of like walked away. And I sort of just stood there just being like, like just bathing in shame almost. And like this was, this didn't go like Yeah, I shame bath. Shame bath. You don't want a shame bath. Not if you no. can avoid and it. And thus the nerves. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to have one talking to Eddie Hearn. Know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in Thanks, like, in, this, in, in regards to him, there's certain people you meet in your life, right? Well, you just go. You you're a fucking alpha male. Yeah, you know you can I mean? see it in the. It's, you can it's, see it like bruh, it's, it's a, coming the out. His comes pores. across Instagram straight away. It's the way coming he, out his pores. But he's dressed really cool, but not like he's trying to be. He's just looks like, and he's hot. Like yeah. he's a handsome he's forty six, something five. year old. Yeah, Burmo said Huge. afterwards, he goes, "I'm going to go buy that outfit." <laughs> I was like oh, Tobler was yeah. talking about him For yeah. three days He wanted to put his photo Up on yeah. the wall I remember He was wearing essential He was wearing an essential yes. shirt essential I remember, shirt I remember his kit going Fuck he looks no, but cool it, But he was in a He was in a The matching um, shirt Shorts he was in combo a, Oh sick What are and they called a cool, set Yeah, yeah Cool set. shoes And like his watch Was fucking badass Like I couldn't I can't remember what it was Again 6'5 six, 6'5 six, six, it's a tall drink of water. Just the fucking, like, the light eyes, and he's looking at you, and you're like, don't look at... Like, I just look down every time yeah. he'd look at you. But again, he makes that... Like, someone like him makes it easy, because he yeah. just... He's yarning, and he doesn't... I, I guess he's a promoter as well, right? Like, yeah. you, you want to be, yeah, his, you wanna be able jazz. to fucking yarn. You're right. It's like what you were saying before. We, we had a, I had an episode that I did with um, Tyrell Sane and Bud Sullivan. Yeah. And um, I sort of knew their story a little bit. One of my favourite podcasts... So if like if anyone wants to follow my stuff, go and have a look at it. It was about them growing up um, and just trying to change the um, the perception that they have about young Aboriginal kids. Mm. Boys don't like drink, gamble. Obviously, you know all the rest of the stuff that comes along with that as as teens. Mm. Um, and it's gone through a real rough time. And and you're not asking questions to go. I hope this comes comes across. Or this is a mad question that hits in a podcast. You're like. I really want to know what the answer is to that. Yes, and I think there's a different. There's a hundred percent a difference. Where you're almost like the the follow up questions come through like a natural inquisitive yeah. inquisitiveness, whatever yeah. the fucking word is. Um, Inquisitive. Yeah, inquisitivity. <laughs> <laughs> Off the back of whatever they say, where you're like, oh, this is actually. It's the opposite of naivete. Naivete. Well, but you know, like we've written down all your voice, questions. So well, yeah. trust me, dude, I'm I'm making up these words. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like. I like to sometimes like prepare questions, but usually so I've got them in my head and then like not <coughs> not have them in front of me and like so yeah. then they're there. Or maybe if you're like starting to wig out and it's rabs and you're like, oh shit, you know something not to forget. But I know what you mean when you're really engrossed in the conversation yeah. you have with someone. I'm the, the same. Next I like to have so. like four or five points generally. Yeah, yeah just a or couple. Like of I'd either run through them before or. Well, so what was your? You went to the Super League. And, and all that, but I guess, like, when when you retired, what was the period from, like, retiring from footy and then getting into the content? 
Like, so when I come back, um, I'd seen the boys have been doing really far well from afar, and um, with the YKTR stuff. Yes, like, which you know the rules. Yeah, so exactly. if you don't know by now, um, YKTR clothing YKTR brand. Clothing brand yep. Were you mates with those boys? Yeah. So um, I'd known Ice Isaac John a lot longer, but um, when I was at Manly my last year. I lived with a guy called Blake Leary, who's best mates with Normie. So, um, Corey Norman. So then mm-hmm. Corey Norman, James Sigiaro, and Isaac John started a clothing company while I was away. 16, maybe the first year. Mm-hmm. But during that period, we were like, we become good mates. And we were like, this, like around my age, all single. So we were Bali, we were the States. We were off-season trips together. That was our gang. Mm-hmm. Um and then so I was just like mixing around with the boys and I've seen the vlogs going on. I've seen that I was selling all these T-shirts and uh, they're doing really well. And I um, so we'd catch up in the break. I'd come back and see them. And then I was then they got the new office just up the road from where we are now. I was like, oh, I was going to come check out the um, the office when I, when I got back to Sydney in 2019, my last year. And he goes, oh, you want to do a podcast and just talk about like footy over there and stuff? I was like, yeah, sweet. And then after we'd done, we were just – um, we're sitting there having a drink and he goes, oh, I'm, I'm going to start this new sports thing. Um, at that point, they're only just doing clothes, but they did vlogs and that. And like, we want to do more sports, podcasting. You know, I've got my own one, but um, would you be interested in doing one? And I was like, oh, not really, nah. Like, I'll, I'm grateful you got me on as a guest, but I just like, one, I've never ever thought about it. Mm. Uh, never did any media. Um, you think about the names that I said before when I was at Manly and even at Para. Danny Wilder wasn't rocking up to a Manly training session wondering how I thought about a game, right? <laughs> so yeah, you were I never did it on the shoulder, mate. Yeah, <laughs> you know, can like, I box you out for an interview, please, Scott? Yeah, like probably like you wouldn't even know who my name is. So anyway, so I did never did any media stuff. Like, oh no, I don't think I'd be any good. He goes, look, you speak really well, and I just knew I loved, and this is the main part of it. He knew I loved American sports, and he goes, like, I really want to get involved in American American culture. I know all the boys love their NBA and NFL, and he goes, out of all the boys, are like, I know you proper love it. So I was like, all right. So if you go back and look at the early podcasts, like Scope Podcast, it was just all like speaking to NRL players about NFL, basically in NBA, mm. and that, and that's how it started. And um, that's the way he sort of convinced me because I feel like you get as the more reps you you do, you the better you get. But mm-hmm. I feel like if you know what you're talking about to begin with, then that's a good start. Yes. Yeah. And I did know that, so I could get the boys on, and I could speak to um, Benny Hunt about every New England Patriots player, offensive lineman, who was the offensive coordinator was like. I just love my NFL. Mm. Same same goes with NBA. At that point, I actually knew more about NFL and NBA, I reckon, than NRL because when I went over to the Super League, I didn't watch any NRL. Um, the timing was a little bit different and yeah. we got like prime time NFL games. And then to, you know how we watch the World Cup now, it's on at like five o'clock in the morning. Mm. That's how it would be watching footy over there. So I went through about two or three year period where I just didn't watch footy, didn't watch mm. NRL as much. and So I knew more about American sports and yeah. that's how it all started. And then... Um, Organically, it grew into relationships with the boys. Um, so Are you still doing right now? Because obviously you do the Waikatia Sports Show. That's you and Willie Mason. Yep. Are you still doing the Scope podcast? Like, are you still, or is that not? Nah, not anymore. Like, it's still there. Um, but um, I sort of, me and I had a conversation last year 
Um, and it was about ripping in. So we like looked that that was cool what we did with the American sports, but how many guests can you get? You know, can't to speak talk to NFL. I, can't speak and, to Nathan yeah. Cleary every year about the Philadelphia Eagles and how Jalen Hurts is going. Yeah, right. So we had to expand. (laughs) So then we started doing... As much as he might want to. Yeah. Yeah. And it was more like... It's funny how, like, us being leaguies, we try to distance ourselves from it. It's, like, weird how you retire. You try to, like, oh, I've done that. I'm not not just this. Yeah, I'm just... That's exactly it. And I'll find something else. But then everything just gets drawn back, whether it's the management that I said that I wanted to do with the All Brothers Mm. or... Um, talking about footy. And then I, once you're a year removed from it, I did the podcast with Kempi and me and Kempi talked about it. Mm. I was on his one. A year removed from playing and all the drama, because you go through shit where I told you at the start, got dropped. There was unrest at Manly at one point. I didn't get, um, I wasn't allocated the days off at Catalans like I wanted. So there's all this like, like you know, animosity <laughs> towards the game for yeah, a year, yeah, for 12 yeah. months. And then you become a fan again. And then you start watching and you're like, oh, man. And then two years removed and you're like, how did I play that? That's honestly yeah, what it, right. That's I was like, then they changed the rules and I'm like, there's no way I'd be able to last in this game. So then I become a proper fan again, like yeah. the way I was for NFL. And then we get we we build relationships with guys the same as you guys, right? We build relationships the same as we we get with players when they come in, and then um, and then I like I love the game, and I you know I want the boys to do well, and anyone who comes on, I want them to kill it. And the podcast has gone well. And then this year in particular, I was like, uh, all right, people come on and listen to our stuff, and we've sort of just done it willy nilly up until this point. I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch every game, make sure I know what I'm talking about. Mm be up to date with everything, plan the show. We'd just come in, honestly, like, I would go, all right, what are we going to talk about in the morning, go and do the show? And people, I think people seen that. So mm. I went through a period where we are just like, it felt like a box ticker. And then this year in particular, I think we've really, like, put a lot of effort into it. Yep. Into it. And people, I think people are, you know, um, they're starting to tune in. They're... Um, Mate, the numbers you're doing on fucking YouTube per episode. The numbers going really good now. Yeah, and I think people respect the fact that we actually know what we're talking about. And exactly, it's the sort of the same fans that probably listened to me when I was talking about NFL because they knew I knew what I was talking about. Mm. Now they know that I'm like up to date with everything. Yeah, I guess you're also in some sense your rugby league audience is going to be bigger than your NFL audience, right? So like, it has to be. You know what I mean? So like, talking about NFLs all is good, but like. Talking rugby league is where the fucking yeah. eyeballs and the ears exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah, it's been good. Are you how much how much content are you doing a week? Like, what's are you um, full time on it now? Yeah, full time. So we do the show. We do um, exclusive doozy um, doozy club show, which is for a, like um, it's like it's a, like a, a paywall. Paywall, and we do that on Monday. That's just life updates, keeping people let people know what's coming up, events. Um, Basically, my role, I've done the golf show, which has gone around. The 19th goes good. Mate, that's fucking, that's a mad show. Yeah. We did an episode, and apologies to anyone who. People are asking. We're probably the most asked because we pumped you. Yeah. 
That's what so people do you think. always want have we we said it on the on the live stream, do we? <laughs> no, no, well, like, well, we're running it back. Yeah, yeah. We're well, running it back. Yeah. Use boys, to be fair, it's been used boys. Use are super busy at the moment. <laughs> it's like there's not really a window to get these guys wow. at the moment because it's well, so, listen, wow. listen, we we I, make, I, I can't we'd help make it. time if we were invited. You know, I feel I can't like, help but feel like Cherry Evans and Forum were like prefaced ahead of us <laughs> for some weird yeah. reason, you know? Latrell Mitchell and Clint Yeah, Gunderson like what well, I don't know. Period. Listen, someone I like to think that we're above those. Guys, so. yeah, well, top flight. Well, to be Best fair, rugby league place in the competition. To be fair, you were. Mm. Yeah. You were before. Yeah, the audio stuffed question. up. The, yeah. So this is legit. No, um, that's what happened. I won't release the result. I think no, it would be for me. It'd yeah. be. We're yeah, not right. those sort of guys. No, we're not. Um, so yeah, we'll let that one through to the keeper. But there was honestly some good laughs on it. But it'd be. Obviously, the audio was cutting out. So mm. if whoever was closest to the audio was getting picked up. So we had. Four mics going. Um, it's the first. It was our first trial run of doing um, more than two, and we just at that point. Now we've got it all sorted. It's all done. We've had similar issues where it's all feeding back into the yes. same thing, and then so it there'd be out. like Tom and Eddie are speaking, and then just like there's no noise coming through. And we're like, yeah, oh. isn't that frustrating? Yeah. You're saying you're looking back, and you're like, oh, that whole day was. A it was such a good day. It was, it was a, a good day. day. It, was it was good, good chat because we started so well. Well, there was we positivity. Did. There was real positivity. We, we started to get rule iffy. Yeah. You did win the first hole, didn't you? We did, yeah. which we weren't filming for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. filming there. Yeah, we're in a rush because Simi wasn't here. He rocked up in like a fucking singlet and like a duffel converses bag. A duffel. A duffel bag. He played the whole round with a duffel bag in converses. <laughs> so he's a big he's a big part of why we haven't run it back as well. Just like you guys are super busy. Simi is super busy as well. He's, he's always he's, is he in the influencer what, life now? Is he's that? an influencer. So I'm waiting for Normie to come back. Yeah, that was okay. the, that, that was, the was plan. initially who it was meant to be. That it was, was the plan. Yeah. I'm going to wait till Normie comes back yeah. so he can do it properly because yeah, I, I feel like you guys sense. deserve that. Yeah, no, yeah. and um, <laughs> you, you deserve better than a duffel bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. strolling Kyle, around more Park. Late, late, really late. yeah, coming yeah, coming from Kyle and Jackie O, whatever he was. <laughs> that's right. That's what it was. Like it was. That's what it was. Honestly, you can't like some of the stuff that he comes up with. He's a funny dude, though. He, is, he yeah, seems yeah. like just a well. I, I mean, I've met him more, enough to know. Yeah, you know, like, you know him. I know him, but he just seems like such a naturally funny fucking. You know, like you see, you see with Grouse and a few Reds, which is his podcast, punters, dribblers. If you don't know, you should. Where like Jack, I'll just ask him a question, which is like it's a tee up question, but it. It doesn't seem like there's been any... It's not like he's heard it before. You know, it's just like asking him something. And then just like the way his mind works, I'm like, what the fuck? Where does your brain go, dude? Yeah. His responses are so funny. He's a different cat. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a different yeah. cat. He's, he's definitely... I, I've always said, so me and Simi have had a roller coaster relationship. And the one thing I always <laughs> say about him <laughs> is that he's got shock value, right? So um, he'll come to... The first time he met my mum and dad, he'd at a statement I'm not even going to because it's a real personal thing that you shouldn't say to people that you just met Fuck anyway man. he comes out and says that okay so my mum and dad are always like how's Simmy because they think it's like he's, he's ingrained in him right <laughs> he's like that was heavy what he said yeah but they can't stop but they can't stop they're like no one ever does that so he, he's got that about him yeah. Fuck <laughs> <it>. <laughs> and it's not uh, like honestly it's not even it's, I, I'm not in, not in the position to regurgitate no right. no what of course said. of course but, but you know you know what i mean well, you've been around him yeah, enough yeah, to know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, i yeah. remember the first like after the after we played golf together on the, you know on the 19th 
and we were having a drink. And he's like, it was pouring rain at this point. And he went out onto the fucking putting green and started putting in the pouring rain. <laughs> but and like, I remember being like, what in God's name is he doing? Like but he, he also didn't make it. He wasn't like, I'm going for a putt. Yeah. It was just before just you realised, you just noticed him standing in the rain, just putting by himself. And it wasn't drizzling. No, it, it was, was like it was yeah, hissing down, down rain. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, boys, that is planned. Like, it seems oh, like really? willy-nilly, but now as I've got to know him, he's like, Tom and Eddie will never forget this if I go <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. No, I that's haven't. the perception no, I have. I haven't. That's the perception I have. No, of it's stated. That's, that's who he is. But, we've, um, we've gone back to many times going, he was just standing in the rain. <laughs> just putting in the rain for no fucking putting reason. in the rain for no reason. It was what ridiculous. Was wrong with um, so what have you got, like... Have you got any like off-season content plans? Is it like just you keep doing the uh, nineteen? Yeah, we like... just got a couple of weeks left, so we're just going to keep going through the World Cup. Um, got some some guests for the nineteenth that are right way in the in the World Cup that are going to come back and do that just to keep it ticking over. But we're starting to, um, you know, relax now. Yeah, we'll ease up. For the ease ease up. up. Yeah, well, we'll... horizontal seasons around the corner. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. It's time to feet up and fucking relax. Yeah, it's time. To, we've had a good year, boys. I think, you know, both of us have had really good good seasons. Yeah, mm. no, I think so. Well, we've had great, mem- seasons. Memorable great seasons. I think we finished in the, we finished in the top four. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we've got yeah. Tommy Turbo, a fit Tommy Turbo, so we're top four. No, yeah, no, I think yeah. so. Top uh, four. Absolutely. In terms of podcasting. But, yeah, we've had, I've had a good year. Um, a lot of the stuff that, you know, we planned out at the start of the year has come to fruition. So, um, yeah, I'll do the golf show. That's pretty much anything outside of... Um, YKTR Sports, that's the thing I want to tick off and get mm. some pretty big guests, as you know, like a couple of guys like Munster and stuff that we're really close with. Cleary said he'd do an episode, so. Oh, we like that. That's cool. And then Tom and Eddie somewhere. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, you off. just let us know, mate. We might need to go for a quick little <laughs> A couple of lessons. <laughs> lessons. Cheese gets yeah, back yeah, soon yeah. too, so that'll be good for us. Yeah, that'll, that'll be, be, so he's like part, of, he's signed essentially, like as sort of whatever, like yep, he's, he's part of the crew he, He's though, part right? of the gang and he'll be he'll be around all the time. You know what Cheese is like. He'll come do heaps of stuff with you. Like, Fuck yeah. You, you just send him a text and te- Cheese will be there. Mate, he's just that sort of guy. On. We like he's Cheese. Best, yeah. Have you had much to do? Have you had we met him at the Cambosis, the Wayansford Cambosis Haney one. Yep. Like we, he, like you know, we follow each other on Instagram. Yeah. So there's always that where you like see someone who you fucking. Well, he stole Christian Welsh's hat. That's right. Like he stole the puns and, and wore it on hat. that potty. <laughs> That's right. And wore it everywhere. Right. Yeah, I seen wore... him talking about it recently. Yeah, actually. and yeah. he's a good human, cheese. So he'll he be seems around. like a nice dude. Like a good human. Even this, like when we crossed paths in Melbourne, and he just sort of came up and said g'day straight away. Where you yeah. know, like he didn't necessarily. You don't, who the fuck knows yeah. what to expect. But he was just a, a, a sweet dude. But it was – that was one of the great marketing campaigns of all time. Had yeah. we had those hats on sale? Yes. Well, had we. Which we didn't. Which – no, we didn't. You but did do well still, with those hats, though. No, we you? did. We did. I see them everywhere. Yeah, yeah. No, we certainly – We Look, I'm not going to tell a tell yeah. fib. We did, we did all right. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I've had someone hit me up for the hat that you gave me. Um, when, did, when did you just give me that hat? Or did I – I might have bought it. No, we gave you some. Did we give you some hats? You did, we, no, you sent it to no. us. You yeah, sent yeah, a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you did send no, a box. No, yeah, brought, I brought the box round. I've had, yeah. Someone, one of the boys the that was doing the uh, companion with Man. us, the race companion, was like, can I buy that off you? Oh, Jeez, yeah. motherfucker. I can't do that. That's, you, can't, Dude, you can't sell People sell them. You can't. That's like, that's, uh, well, there's it's, etiquette. There's very bad karma there. Yeah, there is. We there were is. getting, where we were getting the hats, we were getting these baggy green hats made, which is like, you know, for, if you make us basically like a Ned Kelly helmet, which that I've seen it. The, the, the guy that got, got you the sign, you got a baggy green. Baggy green. Yeah. But so the highest honour. We used to get like, um, 
we used to get like a deal from the people that made the hats because we'd pump it up baggycaps.com not an ad but an ad and not an ad though but not an ad but then so because we'd pump them up the guy from baggy caps hit us up and was like just want to let you know there like there's this guy that's hitting me up and offering us to pay us heaps of money just for us to make him a baggy grain and obviously we're not going to do it but i said you know and i was like so uncouth yeah. cheeky stolen valor motherfuckers yeah. just looking to rip us off well tr- and also probably trying to exploit our poor memory where'd you get that for again yeah right, on, yeah, right on. welcome to the club <laughs> yeah there's, there's etiquette in merch yeah there, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. there That's is 100 percent. Right. we're awful at merch we're trying to be we're better. getting we're trying to get better we're trying to get better every day did you ever think you'd fall in, fall into the content world like tom and i always you know have a laugh a private giggle to each other being like this well, that's is, why i love your story i absurd. love your, your guys story straight away when i like found out about your story about how he's grinded and then you come in the office and we <laughs> do you remember? I, don't, I don't even know yeah. we can talk about it yeah, can we talk yeah, about it of course he can <clears throat> so, enough times passed yeah so we did we, we did the potty and it was COVID time right yeah that's it's, right we, we came do you remember do you yeah. Remember yeah. yeah we, we got a knock on the door yeah we got a knock on the door so <laughs> for, like, for people who don't remember Tom and Eddie come on and did my podcast but at that time I believe it was like there was a limit on how many people you could have. have yeah. In. Look, I don't, I, I don't want to say that we we're necessarily in a lockdown, but I think we. I think been. we might have it been in a lockdown, lockdown. But it was like you There's could. A grey area. Let's say that <laughs> it was grey. It was grey. Uh, it can was we gray. agree? Can we agree upon yeah. grey area? It was legally. It was hundred percent grey. Yeah. There's a lot of grey area in my eyes. Mm, same. Anyway, um, yeah. So we uh, during that period, you told us a lot about your story and that, and away from the body, and um, yeah. No, you guys, the way you've done it, I. Didn't envision it. There's no way I envisioned um, what we've been able to get to. But also, um, uh, in a way, like I knew what the boys had built before I'd got there. Mm. So I knew, uh, uh, one thing I've always been big on with YKTR and the, what I've tried to do is I was like, um, not only do I want to keep the same fame, fan base that have been with the boys, like, and I feel like, and I'm not trying to sound too into myself, I feel like I bring a whole new demographic as well, like mm-hmm. a... a new um audience mm. to the group because the, when the boys started doing it they're like more i feel like vibey mm. um we cool don't care shit. about anything cool yeah that was sort of their ykta cooler than you way cooler <laughs> than me from afar i was watching i was going i want to be back with the boys man they're killing it like yeah. that sort of vibe where now it's like I've got the degenerates, you know. Yes, exactly. The, 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 the punter boys. and the you dribble. Wanna, the, the, you the punter want, and the dribble. You Very want, similar to yeah. your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, we got they're, similar they're games. You want. We've got similar gangs. Yeah. We definitely have similar gangs. <clears throat> we got, well, I'm, I'm sure that like 90% of our gang or like, you know, like we just have so much crossover in those gangs. Yeah. Even that guy who was in the background of your companion on the weekend, the the sloppy Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. He was a fucking, <laughs> he was on the, um, he was a lippy dribbler on about even. That guy. The guy yeah. was in the background of the companion. Yeah, and I've yeah, yeah. seen that motherfucker at every goddamn thing, like, ever, whether it's, a, like, a bloke live show or whatever. Sweet guy, like, a nice dude. But I saw him in the background. I was like, oh, it's this fucking... That's Chris Hemsworth yeah. from Wish. Yeah. That's the beauty of what we do. That's right? who we want. Yeah. yeah. The so Wish versions of... <laughs> the Wish version. Not the real... <laughs> no. I don't want real Chris. No, no, no. no. The kick rocks. But that's the be- beauty of what we do. And people ask me, like... This is quite a quite common... Uh, question with whether it be friends or even some people like random people you meet and they're like oh like they try to compare us to you guys or bloke mm. or whatever and I'm like it's not like that we're like we're in 
lot of our stuff's like free to air, like podcasts. It's like you can listen to us, listen to them, listen to bloke. And we all support each other and we all go on each other's podcasts and we all like it's not like we're chasing views mm. oh, i mean ratings on like no online and, and fox a bit how it is so that's yes. the beauty of it like that's the best part is that i'd imagine like when, uh, i don't know what it's like but if you were to be on um well you don't yeah, have fucking you Channel don't have nine and fox. fox talent exactly like yeah. you're not all supporting each other or trying to help each other exactly. out it's like fuck that fuck you yeah if you're if you're fox you're fox if you're yeah. nine you're nine no. well we can help each other out and if I get like a couple of people that follow me from your podcast and then vice versa when you're yeah. on mine and it's all a bonus. So Well exactly that's what right. that's Kempy's opinion on it. He's like the more eye, eyeballs on the whole thing content world, yeah. the better it is for all of us. And well, he set, he, huge he set the for bar us. for all of us, hasn't yeah, he? Exactly. Right. So he's got you boys on, same thing. He's back in the day he helped Ice out mm. even before like I'd got involved. So yeah, that's that's the cool thing about what we do. We yeah. don't have to be like stabbing each other in the back no exactly right and like the, the mentality of that i think is also very good like even when when we had that fucking biblical flood <laughs> and like the water's pissing in our studio and the heavens open man. we had you boys hit us up going studio free around the corner kempy hit us up saying studio's free around the corner yeah. if you need to use it and it's just like cool that's that, a eh? nice it's a nice environment that i think we're all creating there so it's cool um but mate thank you very much for coming on we don't want to we don't want to fucking take up any more of your monday afternoon um we just love you appreciate you thank you very much for coming on thanks for having me on boys Legend, Enjoy mate. thanks for the yarn yeah. could have stayed a lot longer could have well, easily yeah. well we might after the we probably will <laughs> <laughs> we probably will thanks, cheers bro could you two just not talk anymore partners and dribblers just need to tell you about uh the number one rose ever created that is uh big day rose your boys here, obviously, Rosé Barons, amongst other things. Dis don't mind a Rosé. Don't mind it. One that's Love light it. in colour, dry, and fuckable. It's very fuckable. It's up for it. You know what I mean? Oh, this, mate, the Rosé's up for it. Whenever you want it. Well, the, type thing. The, the beauty of being a Rosé Baron is I've always got Rosé on hand, which is nice. And I've always got a bottle in the fridge, just getting cold as fuck. You've always got a bottle that's keen. Keen as. Giving me eyes. Yeah, yeah. And fuck me eyes. Yeah, yeah, real fuck well, me drink eyes. Me a eyes. lingering stare. Yes. And had friends over the other night, and obviously I was like, I slipped a bottle out for everyone. Getting stares? Getting, I was getting stares. It was sort of like whistling at me from the fridge. <laughs> Got out there, ripped the top off it, and we all enjoyed it. And I'm just like, Jesus, dude. Like, they're just, a rose doesn't get better. Still rose drinking season two, it's, in earnest. Oh, God, yeah. It's she fucking will. hot as shit. 37, 38. They're talking 40 this week, mate. 40 degrees. Tell me that's not rosé drinking season. It is. If you Come haven't on. got any, if you haven't got any, get some. Get some now. While the getting's good because the getting won't be good for much longer. Hellosport.shop. Big day rosé. Get You're it. Welcome. Get it down. You gob. <laughs>